We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Roto Grinders? NFL Pick Six Show Week, week number 17. We've made it almost. We've almost made it. As usual, two of the best in the business. Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis. You got the worksheets you've been reading all season long, as well as John Daigle, four for four. Uh, gotta shout out the uh the, the show winner, the pick six show winner of last week. It's Farm Boy, Farm Boy 13. Uh, you know, the week 16 listener league. Uh, you took it down, you get yourself one month free of RG premium. We did think there was a chance, uh, Rebar. You were in front. It looked like a. You even DM'd us. You're like, "Yeah, I'm in, I'm in good position. I think I'm going to take it shot. down." Not only that, somebody apparently duped you, bro. Uh, apparently, <laughs> you, apparently this lineup is too fire. You you, uh, you piece it together on another show with uh, with over overzets, and uh, yeah, that's probably what happened. Somebody duped you, bro. You took down second. Congratulations to you. I think you had another uh, other spots as well. We tend to look forward, but let's look back. Let's talk about the, yeah, yeah. a nice lineup last week, Rich. It was. It was a good week. It's, uh, you know, we just talk about, like, I tried to get on my December run, uh, my November to the end of the year run. And, you know, Daigle joked on the show, but, you know, everyone says, like, I can't believe it's week 17. Uh, this is always a part of you where I'm actually <laughs> sad because, like, you know, this is always the, the hot run and it's going to come to an end. This is our last, like, full week. I mean, there's 10 games on the main slate. When's the last time we had a 10-game main, you know, or, or 10, 10 1 p.m. games? Uh, when have we had 10 1 p.m. games, like, uh, to dig through? So it's like our last full slate before any week 18 hijinks. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm happy for you. I was still completely shocked whenever tournaments locked, and I saw 15% Joe Flacco, 22% Amari Cooper. I was just thinking, how the hell? 25% Mike Evans as well. I was like, how did we get here in the end? So I was just yeah. blown away at everything. Although we did talk a little bit about it at the end of last week's show. Yeah, I, I ended up of- just locking in. And I'm curious too about this, this slate in general from a macro view is we've gotten really comfortable the last three weeks with the way the slate set up, paying down at quarterback. And I think this week, you know, people might be trying to go back to that because we've been able to play a lot of fun players when we've been having a lot of these quarterbacks like Joe Flacco hit uh, at 4K. And we have a bunch of more like 
5K quarterbacks again on the board this week. But we also have Jalen Hurts on the slate. We also have Josh Allen on the slate. We also have uh, Brock Purdy graveyard game uh, on the slate. Justin Fields is on the slate. Lamar Jackson's on the slate. We might have got real comfortable in the pay down quarterback range and it could get buried again. Yeah, that is a good point. We're going to dig in that as far as quarterbacks. You said 10 games. I'm like, wait a second. I got 10, 10, 10 games. Like, games. I know. I'm yeah, yeah. Yeah. It threw me off for a second. I'm like, well, why do I have three more games than everybody else? I thought I'd prepare for the show. But, and I'm still I'm not going to go on my rant, but really 10 and three, that's the best we can do NFL. We couldn't do nine and four as far as the split with the late games. Yeah, Dean. Yeah, that's like, I suppose. I, they, they couldn't give us, you know, the best game of the week, actually, on the slate. Detroit and Dallas, they're going to splice that off and throw it on Saturday. Eh, that's, that's I'm, actually, I'm actually happy because it kind of makes the slate wide open. We've, we've been on a run that here. Game, yeah, that game, that game, if it was on the main slate. Yeah, because we've been Foxy. good the last three weeks, like poking holes in the high totals. We can probably do that again at the end of the show with the Ravens Dolphins, but the Lions and Cowboys, I, I can't poke any holes. I, I also would just join the crowd and be a sheep and stack it up. So I'm, I actually saw it on Saturday. I was really happy it was gone. That's the big uh, TFS game or the best ball game, right? Like everyone was trying to build Lions Cowboys stacks and here it is right there in, in isolation and island fashion. Dago, I saw you have one team left. Uh, how live are we? Have you gone through it? Good luck, of course. Uh, do you have Detroit stacks? you have Dallas stacks? What are we looking at? It's going to come down to Bryce Young, I think, because it is the pre-draft Superflex tourney, but Sam Howe was benched, and it has Trevor Lawrence, who may or may not play, and Bryce Young, as I went thin at quarterback and stacked up the other positions. I still have Christian McCaffrey, Rashad White. It's pretty strong at receiver as well. We've got a good run out with injuries between Nico Collins, T. Higgins, Mike Evans, and whatnot. So I feel okay with it. But again, it's 200K to the top. I'm going to need some help. I have unique Chris Rodriguez if that helps me get anywhere. I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I love to see you got a Chris Rodriguez team through. He, came, <laughs> he, he flexed. His 19 points was in the flex last week. We needed that. Yeah. Bring He's an interesting run back. Down by 30, it's going to be Rodriguez season for San Francisco this week for sure. <laughs> Remar, you may or may not have teams in the finals. We don't no. know. Nobody knows, no. but we wish you luck. No one knows. I hope, I, hope I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm too busy worried about my Joe Flacco stacks, baby. Like we're trying to say, dude, I mean, I'm telling you, if I if I swap on FanDuel, if, if I swapped out because I had both exposure players, if I swap out and I mixed in more – Garrett Wilson to Calvin Ridley on the Flacco teams. Just the way I set up my teams, I didn't have any Flacco teams at Ridley. They all had Garrett Wilson. And if they would have had the isolation, it would have been a – I don't know if I would have came on the show this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to come visit you, Dean. Hey, you know, uh, well, you know what? You can you can take it down this week. How about that? This, this was just a, an appetizer in week 16, week 17. We're going to break it down in just a second. Oh, I did mention Farm Boy 35 taking down the Listener League. You guys can participate in the Listener League. It's uh, in the chat in the YouTube. Hey, what's up, YouTube? Hit that like button. Do subscribe. Turn those notifications. Do all those things and join the Listener League. It's just five bucks. And if you happen to take it down, you get yourself a month free of Roto-Grinders Premium, not just football, but all the sports. Uh, and Farm Boy, hit me up or let us know in the comment section. Find me so I can hook you up with the, uh, you know, with the premium. At DFS underscore Almanac. Send me a DM on Twitter. Send Roto-Grinders a Twitter, uh, a tweet. You will find us one way or another. Uh, you kind of mentioned, uh, John, you know, we have our three main games we talk about. I was kind of, sort of, somewhat surprised to not see Miami-Baltimore. 
maybe that's like one of the more fun games, but like kind of a DFS trappy. Maybe that's that's the angle you're going to have fatigue. But... I have Dolphins fatigue. I think. Yeah, hard knocks. They're on. They're on TV at primetime every single week. You've had enough of a McDaniel. You've well, because the offense, offense, the offense literally is like two players at this point. So, yeah. Also, yeah. two very good defenses. We saw the Ravens stifle Brock Purdy, especially in the second half. And then last week, yes, the Cowboys did fumble from the two yard line because Dak, although he's 250 pounds, they decide to give to their fullback instead, and he drops the ball. But even then, they were stopping yeah. the Cowboys' offense and settling for field goals. So the Dolphins' defense did their part, as we talked about. We don't have fatigue of the Arizona Cardinals, apparently. Arizona at Philadelphia, that's our very first game. Billy, 10.5-point favorite, 48 is the total. You know, this is more about the Eagles than it is about the Cardinals. But, uh, John, I'll let you start here. Um, I get, Should we touch on – incentives at this point i know that's more of like the last week of the season but how much little players care, care about mvp stuff there's certainly some jockeying there i guess you can make an argument that hurts is still live for it depending on uh, lamar is obviously the big favorite there but what if lamar loses to miami this week um other incentives we tend to dig in more uh last week of the season you know individual incentives and also um you know just sort of like a uh, motivation that's more of a last week of the season too i did pull up the the New York Times thing as far as the chances to make the playoffs. There's so much parity that so yeah. many teams are still live. Uh, you know, they have the particular pass and routes. Denver has a 6% chance. They still said, screw it. Get out of here, Russ. We've got enough of your nonsense, uh, which might be an upgrade. I don't know. Stidham might be better for all we know. But, um, yeah, that's just one. Hey, team when you lose the Patriots see. at home on uh, Christmas Eve night, it's it's, it's pretty much a wrap. <laughs> I don't care if it costs me $70 million or whatever it is. Get out. I tweeted uh, Nagel's picture, the Sean Payton picture, the, the, the Netflix picture. A great photo. <laughs> Who knows? We could it. be watching it next week. It's in Rich's hand. Oh, my God. That's right. Maybe we'll watch it. Or the Kurt oh, Warner know. story. You guys already know what movie you're watching. Yeah, I know what we're doing. I've already prepared. Uh, Paddington 2? No, it's not Paddington 2, is it? Nagel, talk to me about uh, Arizona Philly. Start wherever you want to start. It's an interesting spot for Jalen Hurts, like Rich said, a slate where we do have some good cheap quarterbacks we'll probably talk about throughout the show, but it's a potential spend-up slate as well. And for Jalen Hurts, it's intriguing because he's also still lacking the volume. He's basically getting there on those tush-push touchdowns that are inevitable. He's only exceeded 32 pass attempts in two of his last seven games, even last week a majority one-score game throughout against the Giants. I don't blame anyone if they didn't watch it on Christmas afternoon. And Philly ran the ball still at the fourth-highest rate when they were within six points of New York. And then on the other side, if you're trying to leverage off of Jalen Hurts, it would naturally be DeAndre Swift, who does have 20 touches in back-to-back games, but it's all like Tony Pollard. You just need the perfect run out. For Swift because there are so many obstacles going against him. His receiving uses has now dwindled. He's actually totaled only 12 receiving yards in his last five games. They just haven't even been giving him the ball in that area. And then when he gets inside the five-yard line, he has this almost comedic ability to hit a force field and fall down to the ground. And then it, in comes Jalen Hurts from the two-yard line. Carry, dude. That first carry last week, I mean, I thought he's like the momentum he had. I'm like, this is an easy touchdown. Yeah. And somehow he just, you're like, the point was like a real force field. Dude, it genuinely <laughs> looks like he's hitting the ground on purpose. It's truly incredible every single week. And that's why Hertz is now out carrying him 14 to one in, from the two yard line in because when they get down there, the tush push is just can't be stopped. And so 
Again, I do think it's a great spot for DeAndre Swift, but you do really need the perfect run out here yeah. since the Cardinals are who they are, right? Like we've been targeting them with Joe Flacco, Matthew Stafford the last few games. Everyone's getting there. Justin Fields even last week got there for 97 yards and a touchdown. So with Hurts, you're banking on those short yardage touchdowns. And with DeAndre Swift, you're hoping he gets in. And that's about it. Did you guys uh, partake in, or I'm sure you didn't partake, but you saw the nonsense going on with people like hammering Boston Scott to score a touchdown last week I'm, versus the Giants? What are we doing? Yeah. The, like, the, the whole BVP, like the NFL stuff, like, I mean, people are already doing it with the Tua stuff, right? Like in this Ravens game, which we don't have on here, but everyone's literally just talking about last year's Ravens-Dolphins game. It happened in week two with different personnel, like different coaching. Different I mean, that, stuff does, yeah. that stuff doesn't work in the NFL. There are some, like, stuff you some things you can like look back on for like matchups or like maybe like some coaches tendency if it's like if, if like players haven't moved or it's the same coaching staff or like maybe some coordinator like notes but bvp for football is real tough it sometimes it doesn't even work it doesn't even work in the same season you like look and you're like oh well this <laughs> happened in week three when these teams played and then the game is totally different when they play in the rematch that's the kind of stuff I see and I say, okay I'll always be fine in this industry because I'm not pulling up shit like that and being lazy yeah. with it. I just, the, the number that I saw, it was different numbers in different spots. And some people got it like at plus 900 and plus 1,000, whatever. If you're having a good time, it's not going to happen. But at least it's only, you know, it's plus 900. On Caesars, it like closed at plus 200. I couldn't believe it. I was losing my mind. <laughs> like a two to one, is we were getting paid off on. This guy's had one carry in the, I think, the red zone the entire season. I, I had, don't know what route you're telling yourself, but uh, I was riding those AJ Brown ladders because we, you know, his target yeah. share 43% against band coverage. I was on all those and we fell just short. We got over the regular receiving prop, but a lot of meat left on the bone in that one. Absolutely. Do we like any ladders for Philly this week? Uh, any of your favorites? Uh, you know, AJ Brown, uh, Smith, Goddard, use all suspects. How would you prioritize the pass catchers for Hertz Diggle? Me. Uh, for me, it's still A.J. Brown, even though we know the Cardinals do play softer defense. They don't blitz at all. Same thing last week against Justin Fields. Uh, but at the same time, I'm still just trying to target, honestly, A.J. Brown's target share more than anything, although it was Devonta Smith who got there, at least in the first half, was lapping A.J. Brown in that department. So to me, it's always about A.J. Brown. But again, honestly, if you start out with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, uh, like where do you take your lineup from there? Because mm -hmm. we are once again maybe rich can point some out at the end of the show, but I'm, I'm yet again, struggling for some actual like cheap wide receivers. They've seemed to be uh, very thin these past couple of weeks. Whereas it's like thin running backs were chasing instead, just hoping for the run out. Like congrats to anyone who got there for Khalil Herbert. I chased the Roshan Johnson from before the bye against Minnesota. Uh, and that didn't work out. It was Khalil Herbert, obviously who got there instead. Rich, your thoughts as far as Philadelphia? Of course, you like Hurts, but like, how about comparing him against, you know, his contemporaries against uh, Josh Allen, against uh, Lamar, against Fields, against Purdy? Uh, I guess Mahomes is sort of there. I mean, it's against Cincinnati, so maybe we got a bounce back spot yeah, here for yeah. Kansas City. That offense really, really sputtered last week. Just I think thoroughly Mahomes embarrassing. And I know I don't want to play Mahomes. That's kind of why I want to. But uh, I do like, we'll get there, I think. But I mean, yeah, you got to like Jalen Hurts at home. Uh, you know, a huge team total, a passive defense that, like Daigle said, we've, everyone's gotten there on the Cardinals. Um, and I feel like the Eagles still, like, kind of haven't played their best football, right? It, even last week, it, it's kind of – they let the Giants come back in that game. They're in complete control for two quarters. Let the Giants kind of come back. 
uh, you know, they even have a shot to potentially, you know, kind of, you know, tie that game at the end. And I just feel like the Eagles want to still build up some momentum these last two weeks headed into the playoffs and played their best football. And this is a great spot to still kind of do it at home against this Cardinals team. Uh, and the other side, I think, is what makes this interesting. Like, obviously, you don't have to four springbacks, but I mean, if there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game, the Eagles, again, like we said last week, when Tyrod came in that game, Tyrod was out there throwing seeds. I mean, there's guys wide open. I mean, he even missed the Darren Waller touchdown or Darren Waller's behind the defense. The Eagles just keep having these lapses defensively. I use the word lapses specifically because it's regularly where, where they're just blown assignments like that give up these big plays for the Eagles. And, you know, they've had a lot of, they basically played the most defensive backs in the NFL this year based on like injuries and, you know, guys coming in rotation. That's what happens. You don't have the communication issue. You have a lot of communication issues, but can we trust any of these Arizona wide receivers, man? <laughs> like, I mean, Dorch got there and like an amazing play because Greg Dorch is a baller. He left a bunch of ankles in his wake in Chicago, <laughs> but only had five targets, right? Like, and he ran fewer routes than Michael Wilson. So like and Michael Wilson's out here just getting cardio. Like the dude had no catches again. I think we can still play Trey McBride, even though he was, he didn't get there disappointingly last week, but he still had a team high 22% of the team targets. It was just kind of an ill-timed dud. Uh, you know, Kyler's still targeting him at the highest rate per route run on the team. We know the Eagles still have they, they still have issues in the middle of the field, even adding Shaq Leonard, who's still not playing a full lot. of snaps. also Shaq Leonard was made available for a reason, uh, just like Kevin Byard was made available for a reason. And the Eagles fans have found that out a little bit as well. Uh, but I think the interesting guy here, probably the most interesting guy that no one ever wants to play is James Conner. <laughs> Um, he's, he's, he's ripped off three straight RB one scoring weeks. I see him in rankings every week. I, I rankings and I, I have him just like a higher than the field. He's ranked supremely low, but this is a much softer matchup than we saw early, earlier in the year. Like the Eagles have started to kind of get flooded by some backfields. I mean, they're allowing 135.3 total yards per game to running backs over their past six games after the bye. before it was 82.2 yards per game over the opening nine games of the season. They've had four RB one scoring weeks. We've seen, uh, you know, Connor get involved in the past game. Cause again, there's no wide, the wide receivers are doing nothing in, in this offense right now. So you look at his touch count, kind of the opportunity here. I, I think James Conner still is sneaky as like a guy that you know you can get as, as a bring back here. Dingle, you were asking about some cheap receivers that uh, you don't see many. I'm guessing you don't love what we're looking at as far as Arizona. They are cheap. Dorch, Moore, Wilson, the most appealing target, of course, the tight end. McBride, you got to pay for him. Um, Bobby, we didn't mention uh, Murray. Like, what about building this game through Murray? And I know you kind of touched on how bad the Philadelphia defense is. Does anybody think Murray and McBride, Murray, Connor McBride, and then, you know, AJ, something like that. Is that a route we're considering? Ritz, John, another one of you guys. Where's the feeling been for Kyler? Like at, at his price at 8K on FanDuel, what is he on? Uh, he's 6'3". 6'3", DK. He's 6'3". So that's, that's more palatable. 6'3", yeah. more palatable. Like it, Kyler, if you look at it, he hasn't had a game higher than QB8 since coming back. It's like all like if you get there, it's like very much like back-end QB1 type stuff, and that's what you're going to get from a pay-down guy. Yeah, you're hoping for a rushing touchdown. Like, I, I mean, uh, you're you're thinking like, does Kyler have like the potential to get the thirty? And I don't think this version of Kyler Murray does in this offense. Uh, Twenty-two is his biggest number this year on DK all season, for what it's worth. That's you know uh, at Houston about a month ago or so. Um, yeah, I, I think last week was the first week he threw multiple touchdown passes, right? Um, yes. Yeah. One, 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 two. It's just tough, um, man. Offensive line is bad. There's no playmakers. Like the tight end's the best player in the offense. 
Don't, and there's don't an opportunity to... cost. There's a real opportunity cost this year. I just uh, this week at quarterback, I think you kind of mentioned a couple of times. Jump in here, John. Uh, your thoughts as far as the Arizona offense. Dorch, Connor, and McBride, as Rich talked about, really the only three players I was on. Even Dorch, it's really just about that's the most value. I mean, you you can try to run Rondell Moore out there, but Marquise Brown's absence just hasn't mattered at all so far. Dorch is the only one when, when he gets playing time, and he doesn't even really get much playing time. Uh, used in three wide sets last week, but they need to be trailing a lot. Perhaps that happens this game for him to still get on the field along with Michael Wilson and Moore. So... Yeah, for me, it's James Conner and Trey McBride, who's still running 68% of his routes from the slot. Um, that's where the Eagles are getting tagged as well. So I do think it's a pretty good spot for McBride, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one thing about Hurts, I was just concerned. I think about last year. You know, last year they had so many blowouts in the second half. He just kind of chilled a lot. Um, I know the defense is worse this year, so Arizona theoretically has a better chance to punch back, but their offense is pretty putrid as well. And I hate the take of like, man, I'm concerned this team's going to score too much as like a reason not to play no, them, no, right? That, yeah. yeah. So that's I just sort of throwing that out there. It's like, yeah, I never like to have that 29 point team total. And I do like only... the pop lag though for like Dago said uh, for McBride. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the target share is still there. Obviously, I think a lot of people are going to get to George Kittle. They're going to want to play George Kittle in this slate. I think Kelsey becomes interesting, although he's never just cheap and discounted. Uh, him and Stephon Diggs, like that price ain't coming. It's not coming down. Yeah, the Diggs one, I go on that rant every single week, and it's just not happening. I the price ain't moving. I, I don't understand why he's at We, he's we still might play so Still he's might the, get there this week. Yeah, he's the opposite of uh, New Coke, man. You know, yesterday's price is today's price. It's we still- almost got there. We almost got there on the Saturday slate with the uh, UCF's own Gabe Davis. We were very, very close. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. You had a nice hit on Saturday. You played uh, George Pick. You had Pickens and uh, Gabe. Yeah, it was interesting because, like, you know, it's one of those deals where it was set up so perfectly. And I had I had one lineup in, like, eight different contests, right? And I made a lineup in eight different contests, mm-hmm. and I sort of spliced it off. And I said, okay, I'm going to put four here and four there. And I made I split it in two different lineups. Splitting it cost me a couple GPP wins, but, like, you can't really play the results. It just gave me an additional route because I was set up so nicely, like you said. Um, pick and smashed and, um, oh, geez, uh, uh, T. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so oh, it's just like, yeah, the 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 volatile all team volatile wide receiver went. They all hit on the same day. There's been a full moon or something. The right moon. It, it's the it's the old like Thanksgiving Day slate strategy. Like you got to pay attention. You got to baby stuff, and like you have to adjust accordingly based the based upon. And it did cost me, but I'm still not like upset about it because like I got also the like I saw the tweets too. Now the picking stuff, you know, that was more probably matchup based and kind of more. But like a lot of people are on this thing where like Gabe Davis is like this up and down spot, like. <laughs> I contend that if you look and maybe if, if you go read the worksheet, like Gabe Davis is actually pretty predictable for an, un, un, an unpredictable player. Like his spots have been pretty telltale when he's got like when it's a Gabe Davis week, right? Like when you should be on the upside of him. If you just look at his game log up and down, almost every one of the spots where you're like, this this is objectively a strong spot for Gabe Davis. He's basically hit. And then every other week that it looks terrible, you just avoid him like the plague. Is it a man versus zone thing? What is what is the setup? Yeah, there's the some man zone stuff in there, and just like basically, you know, very opponent driven. You know, where teams are weak, you know, on the boundary and giving up, you know, vertical balls. And like last last Saturday was like a clear spot to go after like the potential of Gabe Davis upside. It's amazing the Chargers hung in that game, and maybe we'll talk about this <laughs> with positional plays with the Broncos offense. But dude, that Chargers defense, like they just masked with a two point loss because. 
Good grief. Six and a half yards per play by Buffalo. Josh Allen went over 11 yards per attempt. You wouldn't even know it based on the final box score. Like They just got smoked in that one. I just think general rules of Gabe Davis is like on a small slate and he's going to be relatively low. And you just got to be over the field on him and just. Oh, yeah. Because the floor is zero. It was a great spot spot to play Gabe Davis. And people are like, oh, Gabe's doing his thing. I'm like, I even started him in uh, SFB. I have him in SFB. I'm still alive in that. And uh, I was like, easily, easy Gabe Davis spot. There are only 50 people left in SFB. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, I had picked ten in my league, and I and the the room gave me Christian McCaffrey at pick ten, so uh, mm-hmm. we're still here on the strength of CMC. And I, I Kyron Williams was my last pick of the draft. When did you draft that the CMC? On was July, pick 10? right? Uh, July. It is. So those are always uh, heavy quarterback drafts. Okay. Because it's two quarterbacks, and there's like and it is higher scoring. You get points for like carries, and like it, it's very high scoring league. So. My league had like a supreme quarterback run early in the draft, and uh, I wasn't gonna force like I, I'm trying to think like who like the QB ten was last year or when we were drafting. Like I wasn't just gonna force him though. I think it was Trevor Lawrence, and I think I, took I was gonna guess Lawrence. Him. But I took C. I was like, I'm definitely just gonna take CMC and see what happens. And here People we would take yeah Daniel Jones <laughs> over CMC, right? Yeah, because like, of yeah. because wow. of first down points, and it's like good players are still well in FOMO, right? In FOMO, yeah. people see that quarterback run and they're like, well, everyone else yeah. taking quarterbacks, I have to take one. And, it's uh, it's why I love Superflex League so much because mm-hmm. you're still trying to have good players. There is no rule that says yeah. you have to start two quarterbacks. Uh, you know, you're yeah, still yeah. people are getting like Justin Jefferson in the second round, yeah. and it's yeah. I just got eliminated last week, but also because I don't have Amari Cooper or Brees Hall. I have Amari Cooper too. I, so yeah. I also have Amari Cooper, and uh, we we ride that way. I, I, I was in a lot of semifinals and redraft, but I, no I will Amari say this. Cooper or Brees Hall. If you're going into tomorrow because of what Brees Hall and Amari Cooper got you, tomorrow's probably going to be a pretty different story. Or Joe Flacco. <laughs> Good luck. Godspeed. We uh we go from one potential blowout Arizona Philly to another potential blowout San Fran at Washington. 49 and a half is the total. San Fran 12 and a half point favorite. 31, 31 team total. Uh coming off an embarrassing, uh, no, I shouldn't say embarrassing. But, you know, a, a uh, yeah, a letdown. A, a big letdown week, but they they uh you know they, they should uh, you know get back a good uh get right spot here versus the commanders. Um, you know, I'll yield to uh Let's see, Rich. You start us off here with San Fran. Do we expect Purdy to bounce back? Um, you oh, know, CMC is CMC in this Washington. But the reason yeah. too, and I know everyone was on Brees Hall ended up being like a cash game play. But the reason I was up playing both Jets is because we only have two more weeks left of this 2023 Commanders. <laughs> like an absolute just gift of this season has been this Commanders defense. It doesn't matter who the hell they play against. Like they are just giving up the bag. So like for the 49ers to have like kind of that that down game on Monday on Monday, this is the elixir, right? Like this is the the medicine. They're just gonna go to Washington and do whatever they want. I mean, it's so like Purdy easily big bounce back spot for Purdy, right? I mean, you, we've talked about Washington all year. I mean, they're allowing a league high eighteen point nine passing points per game. They are thirty first in the NFL in pressure rate. Purdy, when he hasn't been pressured, literally his video game numbers, 76 completion rate, 10 and a half yards per attempt, 19 passing touchdowns. So clear bounce back spot for Purdy. With Purdy, always the answer is like, well, what? Well, who do I pair him with, right? When he's been cooking, like, you know, we've got Debo back to like on that run where he was looking like 2021 Debo, where he 
scored like nine touchdowns and 30 touches over a four-week sample. Ayuk is still out there rocking, and we've got George Kittle. But like all these guys and these blowouts, like no one's ever getting double-digit targets, right? It's like who am I paying for to max out these six to eight opportunities in this game? And that's what always makes the 49ers so hard. What is still interesting about the 49ers, though, is you can play Purdy with Christian McCaffrey. Like, he is one of the guys. We've been hammering it all year. He can be stacked with his running back. And Washington, equal opportunist, again, Brees Hall, they have a lot of RB1 score in seven straight games. These are the guys. Ramondre Stevenson, Kenneth Walker, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Devin Achan, <laughs> Kyron Williams, Brees Hall. Every single one of those running backs has gone over 100 yards in the game and scored a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, if he somehow even has a, a chance to win MVP, now he's second in odds because this year has exposed how dumb this award is and how it's given out. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, he's going to he's gonna put up a monster game. I mean, I don't know. If you're making a lineup without Christian McCaffrey this week, and I know on DraftKings it's easier to do than on Fandle where he's in the Russell Westbrook zone, um, it's scary to leave him out of lineups this week. By the way, uh, they care about such things. And the reason why I say that, remember how they treated CMC in his touchdown streak earlier in the season when they were up like 30 or 40, like trying to force touchdowns at the last second? I can't remember who that was against. It was it was CMC with all the scrubs, too, like the backup. It was, against the, ja- it was against the Jaguars, I believe. And then in that game, Charlie Warner, Sam Darnold, uh, Jawan Jennings, they were all out there. Charlie Bell was out there blocking for CMC's touchdown streak because they were just going for it. So, yeah, I, I, I think that they were trying to get Purdy the MVP since the, I think since so too. The, since the bye week. All of their rate stats, especially like their red zone dropback rate and all that stuff, like was going nuts. The players were getting asked after the game about Brock Purdy every week by me and Cisco. It felt like a chippiness. It felt like there was a conscious effort to not boost Purdy stats, but to like win that game through Brock Purdy on Monday. And uh, that went sideways. CMC currently the second favorite right now, the MVP Lamar, number one, two, a third Brock fourth uh, tied with Josh Allen. That's basic. That's yeah. The thing is kind of nonsense. And, um, I just thought it was interesting because I think they, they notice these things and it seems like they care. Um, you know, I, I, I agree with your route, by the way, it's just pairing Brock with CMC and you're theoretically attached to every touchdown one way yeah. or the other. And sometimes you get double paid off, you know, if you get, because how Brock do you pick between these guys, especially against the commanders, right? Like <laughs> it's, uh, it's so, so good. Can, can you figure it out there, John, your favorite pairing, uh, you know, for Purdy or just even a la carte, your favorite a la carte piece. When it comes to receiver running back on the San Fran side, it, it's really a tough fade to like play nobody as far as the skill position versus Washington because they really should ravage this team. I guess it's possible there's a route where nobody really fully smashes. Everybody just kind of sort of gets there or, or like doesn't quite get there and nobody really is necessary. But uh, how would you prioritize the skill position players and throw in a Purdy as well for San Fran, John? I still have PTSD from the Thanksgiving slate whenever I had 7K left over and I was just swapping between Kittle and Debo all the way down to lock. And it was Debo the one who won every single lineup because, yes, it's just genuinely impossible to pick between them since the matchup is just theoretically good for all of them since Shanahan's the one who helps them get open. I usually just let it boil down to ownership. And this week, based on projections, I don't know what you're seeing, Dean, but it does seem like George Kittle is going to be one of, if not at least top two highest rostered tight ends. And so to me, that seems to come down to then Debo probably or Ayuk 
along with Christian McCaffrey and Purdy. The good thing is in this slate even, I don't know if Purdy has played too much. It's only Wednesday. I could be wrong on that. But I think he may get lost a little bit in the shuffle for recency bias. People wanting to target Eagles Cardinals instead. So I do love Purdy. Like It's, it's very easy to say that in this matchup. But my favorite, favorite quarterback probably on this slate. And on the other side of the ball, I think we'll have a position where if people want to keep running this train of 2023 DFS, like maybe Jacoby Brissett does get high <laughs> rostered for his salary because since he's come off the bench the last two weeks, he's led five drives and all those drives ended in a touchdown. Like he's out there just winging it in garbage time, hoping for the best. And so if that lets us get our ceiling with these 49ers players and just continue piling on the points. That's obviously great for the game environment. So Terry McLaurin has a team high 22.5% target share from Brissett these past two games. Also, it's a very small sample, but Brissett is 5 of 7 for over 9 yards per attempt under pressure as well these last two weeks. And the Niners, based on their secondary, like their weakest component are their cornerbacks. And so that's why like they're literally dead last in the league and yards per game and catches per game allowed to opposing boundary receivers. So I think it is actually a maybe not the cleanest, but a pretty good spot for the commander's passing offense as well. Uh, question is, is there a chance, I know Brissett's clearly outplayed how, is there a chance that he gets hooked in this game or is it basically his? I know there's no, no. future. It, they announced okay. it's, it's it's for the for the actually the rest of the season. And that okay. wasn't and that wasn't just Sam Howe two games in a row not having it. That was basically his sixth game in a row where he's been bad and he was solely living off of rushing touchdowns and it wasn't sustainable since the carries weren't coming up. He was just falling forward because they got into a range where he could get a goal line score. By the way, uh, I checked out our tight ends and Kittle coming in at second most popular on the Optimals on a Wednesday night. And I got to drop the disclaimer as always, you know, grain of salt Wednesday night. So and many guess- things you have to pull. Uh, second most popular in Fando on DK. Not popular at all. He's not hitting. I ran a bunch of optimals. I don't think hmm. he's hitting any. Uh, oh, he's in one. He's in one out of the 99 I ran, which is pretty surprising. But uh, that's where we're at. And is, yeah. is, Ger- is Gerald Everett number one? He's number three. Isaiah in the DK likely board. is number one. Uh, no. 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 Uh, Isaiah likely 1%. Ooh. Oh. Again, this is there, there's fragility to this stuff, you know, and just. Don't read into too, too, too much, but uh, and a lot of it's dependent upon you know you, you talked about Brissett and like Brissett might be viable if nothing opens up, but something probably opens up as this week pro- progresses. I imagine we'll see. Well, Stay quarterback. <laughs> well, that's yeah. There's some weird names. Uh, I mean, you thought the quarterback names are weird. Mason Rudolph, right? You want to play Mason Rudolph? You want to double down on Mason no. Rudolph? You think he's going to continue things going forward? Probably not, but maybe. Maybe oh, our tight end is tied to Mason Rudolph. There's a little tease oh, for you. No, we're not doing this again. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> uh, runbacks for Washington. Who wants who wants to sell me something for Washington? Well, Dagle um, did. Dagle just sold you. Well, uh, I well, guess he didn't sell you. I guess he didn't sell you. <laughs> well, Brissette? I mean, Brissette is a pain. I mean, Brissette played pretty well last year with the Browns, too. I don't prompt that. I just don't know if it's going to be enough on this slate, right? Like, we talked about it in the open. Like, yeah. is your 20-point quarterback game from your 5K guy going to be enough? Now, if there's a way, if we're going to try to get CMC and Tyree Kill 
in the same lineup. You gotta, yeah. you gotta play one of these guys, right? Like you have to play a Brissett. You have to play a Stidham. You have to play one of these, one of these Jamokes down here. I mean, you have is he to the play. best like five K or less? You know, ish five. You know, as far as well, Fanduel is on it because you know there's been this threat. Obviously, he had played already. Fanduel, he's like six eight, so like you can't like get him for free over there. But I think on DraftKings he's four nine, right? Like yeah, and Stidham's, yeah. Stidham's four eight, and I mean, I go to bed at night. Stidham's game against the Niners <laughs> last year's lives rent free in my head. <laughs> like, how did he show up and sling the ball like he was Joe Montana? I will never. Well, there because the pass volume is going to be here, right? Like, there, it, yeah. like Brissett's going to throw maybe forty times in this game. Mm-hmm. And Vandal. we've seen we've seen this year too that in the early starts. Like Joe Flacco is still hanging around. I'm so interested in that Jets game because it's going to be a true test, even though he did do fine with a few turnovers against the Bears, which is an equally tough test. But we've seen now backups come in. It's like three hot games, and then they're done. Once once teams get film on these guys, it's game over because they can't adjust. That's why they're backups. And so maybe that is the case here, or maybe it's still early enough where Brissett is still really hot here. Just going to say the optimal stuff I have for Fandle, it's all spend-up quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Hurts, Fields, Purdy. The cheapest one that comes in at 3%. Stidham is 3%, but then uh, Ty got, T-Mobile, uh, Tyrod Taylor at 3% on Fandle. Uh, maybe he's the cheapest, interesting, most interesting option on DK. Um, can he still move? How old is Tyrod these days? He's he can still move, right? In his, in his three like full games. Yeah, as long as it's, he, it's he, all he, missed, he, he missed the touchdown, but he threw a couple ropes in that game, man. When he, uh, I think when he like played 35. the Bills, is he thirty-five now. Yes. He's got to be up there, 35, 36. Yeah, when he when he played against the Bills too on Sunday night, we came off the bench. Like he was moving the ball, dude. Thirty. Like, it's all relative. Old, it's all relative, but he is their best quarterback. <laughs> Again, it's all relative. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, is there any, uh, okay. We're, we're, you got anything here, Rich, as far as Washington? No, I, I think it's tough. I mean, I think if you go the Brissette route, the problem is like they have kind of a, a flat, you know, all these receivers. No, like no one gets a lot of, for Washington, for a team that throws as much as they do. If you yeah. just look at all the targets for these wide receivers, like no one get, has a lot of targets though. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it tough to play these guys. And McLaurin's another one of those guys that's probably, He's not expensive, but also his price is not indicative of what we've gotten out of him this year. I mean, he basically has career lows and everything. Uh, he only has three touchdowns. I would say he'd be the guy, but like it is a tough pairing. It is tough to figure out like when it when it's gonna be like or is Curtis Samuel gonna get like the dude that scores a touchdown this week, or is it the ghost of Jahan Dotson? <laughs> you know, last week Logan Thomas scored the touchdown. It's it is tough to figure out who to pair him with, where it's easy to say like I can just yeah maybe you just ISO him, but. Uh, it's, it's tough from from how McLaurin hadn't been over 50 receiving yards in five consecutive games uh his box scores just look better because that's when Jacoby came off the bench and started firing it I think you sent out a tweet John then you sent out a tweet as far as like uh you know the targets were beset and I'm pretty sure like nothing really stood out um which is kind of the problem yeah that's it's just it's just McLaurin 22 and a half percent the rest is around just like how like Rich said just how sitting around 18.5% with all these other receivers. Dotson, yeah, like, and Dotson, like, I don't even think he has a ceiling. I could be wrong, but uh, he's he was like literally unusable, like unplayable. I think, in, I think that's where I find, from how. yeah, that's where I find kind of issue with all these guys is where, like, who here is like at least Samuel, those weeks where he was like in the like the, the high threes, 
Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, it matters if he can get like 15 or 16 points. But I feel like that's like where all these guys cap out at. Is He's 4-4 like, four, yeah. four now. Still hitting some yeah. stuff, by the way. He looks pretty popular, at least as of right now. He's uh, McLaurin would he's, be the guy in this particular matchup. I mean, where the 49ers give stuff up is on the outside. Um, what's funny is these teams played a year ago and all three scored a touchdown when like I think Wentz and I think Wentz and Howell played in that game. Wow. Um, that was only a year ago. <laughs> yeah, it was only a year ago. Wentz was a the commander a year ago. Oh, man. Life comes at you fast. Uh, third game on the slate that we're going to focus on. Then, of course, we'll run it back and give our fair plays. Position by position, the Saints at Tampa, 42.5 is the total. Tampa Bay, three-point favorite. John, I'll let you start. Open wherever you want to open. It's another week where we can target the Bucks defense. Rich was the one who wanted to slap the Jaguars game against the Bucks last week. And we got Trevor Lawrence in the end, but as we've seen this year, whenever quarterbacks, which is actually what I'm kind of concerned about CJ Stroud, he'll probably be fine because the Titans defense is still pretty soft. But whenever they've returned from concussions, obviously they've been forced back and they're not good in their first game back. But even then, Lawrence, CJ Beathard combined for roughly 18 fantasy points last week against the Bucks. Evan Ingram and Calvin Ridley did just fine. We're in some winning lineups as well if you played them on the opposite side. So we can still go back to this Saints offense because as much fun as we've made of Derek Carr this year, and rightfully so, like he actually is somewhat showing a ceiling now, and it's all been in garbage time. But maybe that's the case again here since he's been the QB9, the QB5 the past two weeks, and we actually have a honed-in target share. Chris Olave just continues scorching the earth. I couldn't believe, even returning from an ankle injury last week, and even, you know, you talk about Carson Wentz last year, even the Rams-Saints game last week feels like it was an eternity ago. But uh, his prop opened up at like 63 and a half. And it's like, in what world is Chris Olave like not hammered targets? And it's been two months straight now where he's just constantly getting fed from Derek Carr. Not to mention Rashid Shahid now also standing out. So, I again, we need the ceiling here. Quarterback's going to be such an important part of the slate because you need the guy if you spin down to be able to top these other ceiling guys. But Derek Carr, honestly, will probably be in my pool just because of the spot he's in. Rich Saints. Uh, I'm definitely going to be all over Alave for sure in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the interesting thing about Carr is this fits kind of that MO we talked about, that lead-in. A lot of people are probably going to look back when these teams played in week four, and Derek Carr was just terrible in that game. Uh, he threw for a season-low 3.4 yards per pass attempt. He averaged less than a yard air yard per completion in that game. Uh, 61% of his completed passes were behind the line of scrimmage. the highest rate for a quarterback in a game this season. But if you remember the week before that, he got knocked out with a shoulder and uh, potential concussion in that game. And the, they played the Packers the week before that and blew a 17-0 lead. It feels like another season ago, but that was this year. <laughs> and this Bucks defense is in a different spot than where it was. The Saints offense is a different spot. I mean, this Bucks defense got a little healthier last week, but they still kind of gave up the production we were looking for. And we know that they are still a blitz-heavy team. You know, blitz, they blitz the third highest rate in the league. And Derek Carr's actually been excellent against the blitz this year. He's sixth in the league in completion rate against the blitz. He's sixth in yards for pass against the blitz. Uh, and he's got a 105 quarterback rating against the blitz. That's ninth in the league. The beneficiary of all of those stats is Chris Olave. Uh, he's been targeted a team high 29% of the time against the blitz, 2.9 yards per route run against the blitz. The only risk players with more receiving yards against the blitz this season than Chris Olave are A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, George Kittle, and C.D. Lamb. 
So definitely going to be an Analave uh, for sure. I, I, you know, Ridley had zero at the half last week, and he still got us there in Calvin <laughs> Ridley fashion. But uh, yeah, Alave is definitely a guy that I, I'm perked up on early this week. I opened up the sports book. You got me excited. Uh, 66 and a half, Rich. So we like the over. That seems a little bit too low, right? That's almost insulting to Chris Olave. 66 yeah, and I mean, a half. He has either 100 yards or a touchdown in six straight games. Mm-hmm. The targets have been there. Uh, I mean, Shahid, I think, is playable in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we he's you need a big play from Shahid. That's what he is. Uh, it, he did have a 23% target share last week. It matched the season high, 22.5%. The thing is, 32.5% of his targets are on throws 20 or more yards downfield. That's the highest of any receiver with 50 or more targets this year. Uh, but the Buccaneers have allowed 23 receptions to wide receivers on those targets. That's 24th in the NFL. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get the car just the way the slate is. Like, he's kind of yeah. like a purgatory guy. Um, but I can see the angle to playing him, like Daigle laid out. But if you are going to run Carr, I do think doubles are in play with him with Alave and Shahid. Saints still mathematically alive to make the playoffs despite being seven and eight, twelve percent chance. Bucks eighty four percent chance, eight and seven. And Mayfield's playing for uh, a new contract or at least an extension to get another year uh, running the ship here. And I think he kind of sort of earns it. We talked about it last week. Uh, future Hall of Famer Mike Evans feels kind of just disrespected in the fantasy DFS space for whatever reason. Looks like an awesome run back. Uh, yeah, Dangle, your, your thoughts as far as the Bucks? No Marshawn Lattimore either, so we will not I know, see the... <laughs> this is, is this the first time? That's a good right? point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. There will be no fight. It, it looked like Mike Evans isn't getting ejected. At least I don't think he's getting ejected in this one. That's Yeah, you know, the under was always a sharp bet whenever he faced the Saints <laughs> because he plays about a quarter. They're going to so. fight. They're going to fight. They've <laughs> <laughs> uh, had some wild stuff over the years for sure. Oh, all right, uh, John, what do you got as far as uh, the Buccaneers? On the other side of the ball, it's kind of why I love this game so much, uh, more so than the Dolphins-Ravens, too, because the Saints defense, like Rich alluded to, it's just not the same at all because of all these injuries that have happened throughout the year. And out of their bye since week 12, Desmond Ritter averaged eight yards per attempt. Bryce or uh, Jared Goff averaged eight and a half yards per attempt. Stafford last week. 320 and two touchdowns comfortably. So yeah, for Baker, who's just been on a roll the last two games in good matchups, it's the same thing here. And again, you kind of know where the ball's going. Like we talked about, I was heavy on Chris Godwin and then I had to end up swapping if only because I thought the field was going to also be on him and I needed to get some leverage in that game in the second slate. And then of course, because he's Mike Evans, it just doesn't even matter. He just continues to box out Godwin in every aspect available. Like we already said, no Marshawn Lattimore, so we don't have to worry about the the shadow splits as well in their historic battles. So yeah, for Baker Mayfield and the, the Bucks passing attack, it's also a great matchup. Yeah, many years ago, we always talk about the the jam of men like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell for Pittsburgh, and that's it's kind of what Tampa is, like not to the same degree, but it's Mike Evans and Rashard White, like they get so much. They're, they're basically the entire offense. I know God that's the rises. issue in this slate is that we are talking about all the good players, but the good players are also expensive. Whereas, like, uh, you know, we talked about Greg Dortch a little bit, but beyond that, I'm still not sure the direction of how to get these guys in. We do live in the world of a salary cap. Hopefully some stuff will open up as the week progresses. I know, John, you kind of yielded on some cheap receivers. Maybe Rich is hiding a couple. He'll fire off later on the show. Some cheapies that make stuff work. Rich, what do you got to add as far as Tampa? 
No, I mean, this is uh, we talked about last week, why I, we like to pick Tampa in these games and for, for game stacks and onslaughts and small field stuff is because they just have such a tight opportunity tree. And, you know, Godwin has now, you know, really he's, he's gotten double-digit targets at three straight games. It does, This game is more of an Evans, like on the peripheral objective stuff. Like, yeah, the Saints play a little bit more man coverage. Also, this team, also the Saints are a team, like when these teams met early in the year, like their secondary is playing a lot worse the past, like, four or five weeks than they played earlier in the year too. Uh, so a lot of that was impo- opponent driven saints really faced like a slog of bad quarterbacks, like the opening half of the season. Now that they faced a couple better, better offenses. We've seen this time, uh, some of the exposure they've had since they lost Marshawn Lattimore weeks ago. Uh, it's caught up to them a little bit. I mean, the Rams had no trouble doing what they wanted to uh, on Thursday night. So I-, I think it's a real good spot for Evans. They still play a lot of man coverage. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's just real easy. It's real easy to play this game. It's it's it plays itself. Rich, I'm curious if you were tasked with uh you know picking the three games this week. John always does a great job for us. Uh, would be the, would these be the three games? Is there another game that you're thinking about that kind of is knocking on the door that uh, you think is interesting? Um, as far as like uh I don't know the individual pieces like for the the context of the show like Dolphins Ravens would have been just the other one just for people to hear us talk about like the pieces in that game Rams yeah. Giants probably has the most like individual pieces that like I think are fun to play um that's a that's about where, about it though but we'll talk about all these that's why we do positional plays it's yeah all right it's it's Go also a betting show so you can still yeah. get the over on Rams Giants anything under forty points just keep on betting mm-hmm. it. Let's see. Let's let's see what the number is at right now. I did, by the way, d- just bet Olave. I bet the alt number too. You got to bet the alt number uh, to hit over ninety nine and a half, get a hundred yards. Uh, let's see. We got Rams Giants. The total is wait. What number did you say? Forty. I'm seeing forty five. Yeah, yeah. So Warren sent it out or at forty two. So I know it got hit. Oh, I got I got it at thirty eight and a half on Sunday when? night. <laughs> oh my god! It's it's game to touchdown. Forty five right. is the current. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you still like average. over 45, that's that's a pretty big boy number. I, be, I believe in Tyrod Taylor. I believe in the Giants' office to give us a little bit of hope. The issue is, well, let's get the positional plays. We'll talk about it. Do you want well, to sell I like us the Rams anyways? I mean, so yeah, I, like I, I put this nugget in the worksheet. With Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua all on the field together, the Rams are averaging 6.8 yards per offensive play now. Uh, the 49ers lead the NFL in yards per play at 6.8 for the whole season. So this this offense with all these pieces, they've been humming. By the way, uh, another one, another kind of battle right now, if, if you want to go narrative stuff, Puka Nakua and Stroud uh, kind of battling for the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. If those, you know, it's an interesting. We're expecting Stroud to come back this week. But yeah, all right. Puka's, uh, Puka's got a chance uh Anquan Bolden's record. Not even a chance. I think he's going to get it probably. Yeah. What's the number? Uh, I think he's like 46. I think he's like 160 short. Obviously, he's got an extra game than 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 yeah. What a demon Anquan Bolden was too. Like he probably is not going to make the Hall of Fame and like maybe gets lost in the sauce. But like Jesus Christ, what a what a what a player Anquan Bolden was. Man, there was a game where he broke his face against the Jets. Yep, and I think he he came back that game. No, he came he came back later in the season. That was their playoff run. And he came back. I think he his first game was against the Eagles in that playoff game, and and scored a touchdown. But literally broke his. He almost caught the ball. If you look this play up, like I thought he caught it. And before that, he was on like a heater, like was absolutely dominant. Because I remember I had him on a fantasy team. It, but his he literally broke his face. Whenever NBC sent Josh Norris and I yeah. 
out to the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl in Miami, we interviewed Anquan Bolden, one of the many players we interviewed. And like, I was so intimidated, not only because I was a big <laughs> fan, but like, he's also just a scary guy. Like, he's a guy that I was just like, I knew how tough he was. And I'm like, I'm so soft. I'm such a wet man. But he opened up, he was laughing a lot. Like, he actually had a good time with us. Man, he was he was an absolute demon. And, was awesome. and I'll never forget to uh him for a different reason is because do you remember when the Patriots had Julian Edelman play cornerback that one postseason? And he literally yes. they had him guard Anquan Bolton. Like he was getting dusted. <laughs> Anquan Bolden was absolutely putting in work on Julian Edelman. Like the Patriots did not give a shit. They were just like, go ahead, man, go ahead and get roasted. Because that was the game that they almost they almost won. Uh, and the Patriots lost that Super Bowl to the Giants because everyone was like hurt. But that was the game where I'm trying to think of who dropped. Was it Lee Evans that dropped the touchdown? The to, to, at the end of the game from JP Lee Lawson? Evans on oh, from, from Flacco. No, it's from Flacco. Oh, from Flacco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They but they literally had if Julian Edelman just on Bolden like and, I, and Bolden was just <laughs> cooking. It. He was cooking this team. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for Edelman. <laughs> uh, rookie season for Bolden, 101 receptions, 1377 as far as yards, eight tutties as 17 well. 17 games. His first career game, didn't he go for 200? I don't know. That's I, I'm not sure. That sounds vaguely familiar, but yeah, maybe we can find that in the in the Google as well. But uh, some quarterback just pull up his thing is uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, ten, 10 first career game, ten for two seventeen and two tuds. Uh, that's got to be like, a career high for a rookie, right? Like first game ever. That's got. I mean, that's yeah. Bad. Alan Hearns couldn't even do that his first career game. Puka Nakua couldn't do that his career first yeah. career game. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, yeah, Puka's, Puka's trying to go wire to wire with him because, yeah, Puka week one kind of hit the ground running. This is uh, it's, a, it's fun. Man, Dan Quan Bolton. Love it. Spectacular. Love it. Takes us back for sure. Uh, John, quarterbacks, what do you got? Who have we not, to, who have we not discussed just yet that you're interested in this week? Rich already hinted at Patrick Mahomes, so I'll leave it for him. Uh, I'll give you the other spin down option, and people may get there. I'm not sure, but – uh, given what we talked about with the Chargers defense on Saturday night and really just lucking mm. out to compete against the Bills, I do think Jared Stidham is live. Uh, and honestly, you ask, like, hey, how do you spend up for Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Terry McLaurin, the list goes on. I mean, if Cortland Sutton's out with his concussion, you have Jared Stidham, you have Marvin Mims, and hats off. Go go nuts, kids. Do whatever else One you want in your lineup. Mims. One more time. What better way to end the year than the way we started, Marvin Mims? I mean, could Mims Jared ahead of Johnson? Could, no, Johnson was ahead of him, but still, like, we don't care. Like, we just want the big plays. Okay. Uh, but could Jared Sidham be the guy to make Jerry Judy happen? I would I would With, love it. This is definitely uh, – we're operating under the premise that Corlin Sutton does not clear concussion protocol, yeah. by the way. How much, how much can Sidham move? Oh yeah, he he he's he's not like a dog athlete. Last year he had two starts and he ran for thirty four and fifty yards uh, in those two games. Seven carries in um, those games too. Each one was a long run. Uh, Mims has run forty nine pass routes with Cortland Sutton off the field this year. He's been targeted on twenty five percent of those routes. Uh, he actually lead so with Cortland Sutton off the field in total, just plays Cortland Sutton's off the field. Marvin Mims yeah. has one hundred and eighty receiving yards. The rest of the Denver Broncos, they have 227 receiving yards. So even, even though he did run fewer routes than Brandon Johnson, I, I mean, he'll be 
in play. Also, Stidham was aggressive last year. He he had 9.3 oh, yeah. air yards per target. 17% of his passes were on throws, 20 or more air yards downfield, which is the, the MIM zone. I mean, man, 2023, one last chance to lose money with Marvin Mims. How can we how can we pass it up? Commander's defense with Marvin Mims. <laughs> if Judy, this. if Judy wasn't so dumbly priced, I would be more into I ideally maybe taking a shot on Judy. Judy is 6-2 on FanDuel and five something five yeah. well, five one is whatever but like Even, same thing with mclaurin like judy is especially like that dude should be four seven or some shit even like, calvin ridley got the four two at one point like how did judy not ever reach the fours that's yeah. wild okay okay go ahead uh, tell me the highest dk score judy's had all season long like he's what wide receiver 29 is his highest finish still i think we played <laughs> this game once during the season he's one touchdown <laughs> hasn't changed uh, <laughs> I mean, he still though he still almost got there. So when these teams played earlier in the season, he actually was the wide receiver twenty six in expected points. Oh, there <laughs> it was you like go. a new That's prayer guard. It's expected. Where do I cash yeah. in my? Do you remember points? he had a touchdown? They they actually called it a touchdown on the field. He just like nonchalantly didn't get his second foot down. Then he dropped like a forty yard pass where like Russ threw a dime to him like on the right sideline, and he just dropped it, just like put it down. Uh, he ended up finishing that game with two catches for 16 yards. But, I mean, it is still the Chargers defense. Uh, obviously, people will just like I just go all the way down to Mims if you go that route. But Steve Smith was right. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, 13.1 is uh, is the highest total we've got out of Judy so far this year. Yeah. I mean, how is he 6-2 on Vandal? Like, What's crazy? Oh, that's I, gross. Yeah. I don't understand how some of the prices work sometimes. It's they're very quick to jump guys up, but sometimes bringing them down can be can be tricky. Like Rashid but, Shahid is six two, also on Fanduel, and I would just rather play Rashid. He oh, get yeah. one target. That's better than. Although they are both cheaper, they both are cheaper than Demarcus Robinson. If you know what kind of world we're living in right now, we're going to talk about Demarcus Robinson too. Don't worry. Oh boy, <laughs> Rich, what a. You got some quarterbacks for us, Rich? Oh, John, are you done? Are you yielding? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'll give you one more spin down option. Yeah. Rich? Yeah, I mean, I still think Stafford's in play. Uh, he's just on a heater. Just that, that that offense is playing so well. I don't want to outright fade it, especially against the Giants. Uh, Stroud's a little interesting. He's a guy I'll at least I'll monitor where the field's going on Stroud. Like if he looks like he's not, if he's going to be like single digit owned, then I'll dabble with him. But if he's going to be over, then I think there's just other options. And then I don't know where Mahomes is going to be. Obviously, he ends up being popular. I'm not going to play him. Because it's been it's the dog year for them, but man, this Bengals defense is that bad though. Yeah, and you know you go back to it. I mean, it, they've allowed the two highest passing yardage games to the Steelers this year. Like people thought, like they fired Matt Canada and figured shit out. It is because that, <laughs> that's how bad the Bengals are. Then then the the Steelers go three straight weeks where they can't score a point on anybody, and then they look awesome again. <laughs> against the Bengals. Uh the Bengals are allowed 9.2 yards or pass to the Nick Mullins type of bad. They are well, anything you want to do against the Bengals, you can largely do at this point. Mahomes has faced one defense this season worse than the Bengals in passing points allowed per game. And it was the Chargers. And in that game he had 33 fantasy points. Uh do, do I think he even is capable of 33 right now? I don't, but I will be curious to see where the field goes on him. This Bengals defense is so so bad. And if people Speaking are going to play Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I definitely want to play passing game pieces of the Chiefs. He's oh, going to get played. You know he's going to get played. definitely going to get played Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, he's in every touchdown. Yeah, he's one of the ways to make everything work. Speaking of players that never lose salary, uh, Travis Kelsey. It's tumbled a little bit, but still 7K. 
And uh, what was the last time he scored? It's all what? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I get if you're you're playing Kansas City, it's Rice and it's Kelsey, and I can't, I can't, you know, talk myself to anybody else. Let's forget somebody rich. I I bet some people get the Richie James just as like a a, a stone men. Yeah, I'm not even saying I'm going to, but I bet some people play him on DK just to get the receptions at Stone Men with Patrick Mahomes. He is still in men. He is 3K, but uh, yeah, you're paying for like three targets, maybe. I just don't know how you fit Kelsey into this slate in particular, right? Like, because if you're paying for yeah. Kelsey, it's a great spot for Kelsey. Don't get me wrong. If you mean it, I can make up all this, like, not, not make up, but uh, actually drop the stats about the Bengals and Titans. It's why your guy Fryermuth, you know, you get a zero last week, though, against them. But my, my yeah, guy, yeah, he's just your guy. I just speak on behalf of the optimizer. <laughs> but, but yes. yeah, but I mean, if you're paying 7K for Kelsey, that means you're foregoing a good player somewhere else. And like I said, if you're not trying to get the Christian McCaffrey, if you're not trying to get the Tyree Kill on the slate, then I don't know really what you're up to. Uh, let's jump the running backs, Rich. I'll let you open it up as far as RBs we've yet to discuss. I will just speak on CH. If he is popular, he sucks. Like this dude is bad. Uh, he has a 25% success rate as a runner. Uh, that's 60th out of 63 running backs at 50 or more runs this season. The three running backs below him are Jamal Williams, Damian Pierce, and Dalvin Cook. Uh, he has four runs of 10 or more yards and 68 attempts. That's 56th of the same group. I mean, this I mean, this Bengals defense is, has woken up a lot of dormant people. It talked people into Ty Chandler being good. Uh, maybe they can make the ghost of CEH work, but, man, if he's really popular, I feel like he's just such a, a clear outright tournament fade. Um, but, like, 17 opportunities or something like that, it doesn't matter if the running back sucks. Right? What if he doesn't get 17 opportunities, though? What, what if this is a game where Mahomes literally – it's a Mahomes-Cook game? Um, I mean, maybe, yeah, there's seven point for their line is beat up too in Kansas city. I'm not sure if it's going to get, uh, you know, uh, healthier within the next week or so, but uh, this is a really just, bad football player. Yes. Yeah. But like, are, are you from the school of like running backs generally? Cash games in cash games. That's fine. Who the hell's sure. playing cash in week 17 right now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> week 18, you probably should be playing it. That's the information slate. I might jump back to play some cash games. I've not played for several weeks though, but. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting uh, fate. Shout out to you, you guys. I think it was both you guys were were saying do not play Chandler last week, and he sucked out getting a touchdown, but he was pretty terrible otherwise last week. Uh, Didn't get. And it wasn't because of Alexander Madison who only played five snaps. Like it was, it was everything we laid out. Um, Detroit funnel. Yeah, Detroit funnel. They're good against the run. They're good, and they don't allow running backs to catch passes. That's the thing, man. Like man. Uh, that's. I mean, again, the, you know, as someone who was in on Tony Pollard in the preseason, like, I mean, I'm outright just benching Tony Pollard in some spots this week. It's, it's just why? What am I expecting? Right? Like, and what can I possibly expect on Saturday night from Tony Pollard? Watching Nick Mullins was incredible too. Because <laughs> I, I, I mean, that guy—it's like Brett Favre. It just throws the ball down there. You hope it's crazy, and he's got no really? arm strength, which is amazing. No. Like he, like the, it's like remember in Tech Mobile, like how the the better your quarterback was, he threw the ball in less of a loop. Like the that's like <laughs> yes. the, like Dan Marino and Tech Mobile just threw laze beams, but like yes. he had Scott Zolak, it like took like a three and a half seconds to throw like a rock, <laughs> like just like a ball went over here. That's Nick Mullins. Like every Nick Mullins pass, I think of like Tech Mobile. Like it just makes that noise and it just floats. 
<laughs> the touchdown celebration in Tecmo Bowl, if you're, if you're of a certain age, you know that theme. You can pull it up in your head at any time for sure. Uh, did you have a take, uh, John, as far as CEH chalk? Uh, are you in? Or are you out? And like, ideally, I don't think I want to be there, but if that's what makes everything else work and I can be a little different around it, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's a salary thing. It's just so, so cheap. Salary and opportunity for me circumvents He's the like, same uh, price on FanDuel as Devin Singletary and James Conner. Okay. Draft, James Conner's not going to get played either. And I do love, like, Rich, Rich stole the spotlight because I was setting up James Conner. Uh, I do love James Conner in this slate. Uh, he is definitely on DraftKings a lot more palatable where he's priced yes. because you need Josh Jacobs to sit and then Zamir White's there. Uh, I think people have finally had their fill of chasing the Jalen Warren dragon. Uh, Devin Single there, also 5'6", though. And Javante Williams, 5'6". Early optimals, by the way, uh, again, great assault, right? CEH is hitting the, the cap 70%. That's what I cap it at. Zeke Elliott, 63%. CMC, 34%. Kyron Williams, 28%. Uh, and then there's Devin Singletary, 27%. And there's White at 20 So it's the really good ones and the ones that are going to get volume, right? Uh, that, that's what uh, we're seeing so far, early optimal stuff. Uh, John, running backs, anything else you want to add? What do you want to throw in the conversation? Um, go for it. We're waiting on, like Rich said, Josh Jacobs and Zamir White since the Colts are getting dusted by running backs, 29 PPR points per game to backfields out of their buy. And that includes like Rashad White and Derrick Henry going over a hundred yards, guys that typically don't even last week, both Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson averaged over six yards per carry. So Zamir would be wonderful over CEH. And then it's not a good micro spot and it's Fandle only, but depending how you see this Ravens Dolphins game panning out, I don't, I don't mind Gus Edwards. I, I think it's, I again, I think it's going to be more of an under game. Uh, and maybe the short week for Baltimore will screw this up entirely. But Christian McCaffrey is the only player with more carries than Gus Edwards in a two-score lead. And that's including when Keaton Mitchell entered the rotation from week six on. And so if you do think it's a game where the Ravens' defense dominates this one, putting two under pressure, since he's been an entirely different quarterback when he's under duress, uh, I do like Gus Edwards in this slate too. Anybody else worth uh, throwing into the conversation, or shall we jump yeah. to receiver? Maybe just a couple guys still. Uh, if this is a slate where everyone obviously is trying to get to Christian McCaffrey, it's probably not a slate like it was a couple weeks ago where you could play both Christian McCaffrey and Kyron Williams. It'll be interesting to see, though, if that's still the optimal way, right? Like, we just go back to two weeks ago, and maybe it is one of these guys like Tyrod or Brissett. You play them naked, and you get to CMC and Kyron together. I mean – this guy is 100 yards from scrimmage in six straight games. I mean, he leads all running backs since he came back. He's averaging 25.6 touches per game. Only Christian McCaffrey's averaging more scrimmage yards than him. And the Giants are another team like we literally have targeted every week, you know, for running back play. So maybe it's, you know, the, we've seen the blueprint from a couple weeks ago, and you can get both those guys in. But definitely I think if people are trying to get the CMC, it probably means a lot of people aren't getting to Kyron just by default. But it's it's also because people I think will chase like you mentioned Dean at the top of the show the contract incentives the records I think everyone's aware of that Puka record and I think they'll be on him for that reason now Puka is an amazing play in this slate and so it kind of sucks that he's going to get ownership for the wrong reasons but I do think because of that then it kind of leaves Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams wide open to play. 
that does lead us into receiver, Rich. Anything else you want to add as far as receivers? I don't know if you want to open with Puka. Uh, big no, no. slate, lots of receivers. I just want to say, too, Devin Singletary still is a good play. Mm-hmm. I brought it up as leverage against uh, – or pivot as uh, against CEH, but – He's well favorites. ahead of Pierce. What's that? Well ahead of Pierce, right? Not even close? Yeah, I mean, in the first half last week, he out-touched him 10-2. to two. Uh, It was still him. They're home favorites. They're getting Stroud back. This Titans – Defense has been game so they've lost so many pieces. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is out now. I still, I still think he's a good player. Uh, people are trying to make uh, Spears happen. Is he interesting this week? You know, eventually he's just not playing enough still. And like, Vrabel's is that going like, to happen? Is that going to change? Gonna no, change. because they were they got eliminated last week, and like, Vrabel's not one of these guys, man. Like, Vrabel's going to let Derek. He's not going to just like sit Derrick Henry. Okay. Yeah. Um, just kind of wait. I, yeah, I 20 touches. No they had 20 touches last week. Yeah, but now they're officially eliminated. Uh, Henry, it's they were eliminated said, before last week. gone. Yeah. Well, that was at home. This is the road. <laughs> Maybe Fair I'm just enough. trying to make it happen. I mean, it's um, not a spot to chase the Denver because we just saw two weeks ago him have 10 yards on 20 touches against the mm-hmm. Texans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, you got to respect the Titans saving that Derrick Henry play, the touchdown to Oconquo. Uh, for when they were eliminated from the playoffs. Like, way to pull that one out uh, a week a week after you're eliminated from the playoffs. His first touchdown of the season, I believe. I am in the, the Sirius XM, like, finale, and I had, um, geez, Hawkinson. So I had to pick up uh, the, the tight end there for Tennessee, uh, Chig. So uh, it's rough times for me. Nobody cares about my season-long – my one season-long team that's still alive, but I uh, want to take that down for pride. Uh, receivers. Uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I bounced back and forth. Who did I throw it to? Who wants to throw some receivers into the conversation? We talked a little bit about Stephon Diggs, literally led the league, all wide receivers and target share last week. Uh, Patriots are one of two defenses playing man coverage on over 40% of their snaps still. And Diggs has been better. Again, it's all relative, but still 1.8 yards per route running against man coverage is still better than what he's accomplished against zone, which Gabe Davis has instead spiked a ceiling performance from so still like Stefan Diggs in this spot we didn't even touch on Josh Allen and positional plays but still like Diggs here uh I think I think a lot of people again because the lack of value on the slate are going to try to get to uh Andre Yoshivas I don't know hmm. what you're seeing Dean I think they're gonna play him but it was still, you know, T. Higgins, 19% target share, 17 and a half yards per target. He's getting the downfield shots and the volume. So to me, it's still T. Higgins, who, as we talked about last week, uh, now it's seven career games without Jamar Chase. He's historically been still averaging a 24% target share. So he's the guy to me still to chase if everyone's going to try to get cheaper in that game overall, maybe even a run back from Clyde edwards lair I'll be curious to see what people play. And then, yeah, if, if you want to go down in the Rams, you can do it with Kyron Williams. You can do it with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, I'll also be curious to see what he comes in at. Uh, because Tutu Atwell did return last week, but Demarcus still stayed out there for a route on 94% of dropbacks. He was the third wide receiver instead. Not much, not much of a projection for Yossi Ba so far early in the week. Okay. 3.74 is the current projection, but obviously this stuff can change. Uh, Rich, this is our cheapies. Robinson, Yoshibas, can you can you raise? Can you, can you do better than this? <laughs> uh, for cheapie, what about Daigle Hero, the the guy? Darius Slayton? Slayton. Yeah. Oh, there it is. He sucked out last w- week. Wandel Wandel Robinson is popping too. 
But Tyron, Tyron's a chucker, man. Yeah, he is. Tyron likes to push the rock. So you only need one, man. And this Rams secondary the past month has kind of started to get pretty leaky. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's interesting, uh, at, at least where he's priced down at there at the bottom. We talked about Mims. Uh, I definitely am not into Yosh Vosh. Dude, has anyone watched the Chiefs this year? The Chiefs don't give up anything to wide receivers. Like, they, they, they actually nuke dudes. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not chasing. I guess he's 3-2. It's, it's just what he gives you. Uh, but, man, uh, like chasing guys against the Chiefs has not been fruitful. This defense, That defense has been awesome this year. Uh, Do we think Moore is going to be healthy? Is there any concern about his health? I know he came back last week, but he felt like a decoy. I know they were well ahead in the end of the game. Because he's hitting stuff pretty hard right now. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. He's because he was battling an ankle before that too. Like he, yeah, was, he missed a ton of practice the previous two games. I think he hurt it the week prior, uh, and then aggravated that that whatever you know everyone's favorite. T- it's like the the war on hip hip drop tackles now, but uh, that's you know that guy dropped his weight on his ankle, and he's not. I'm out. I think yeah. I'm out unless they change. I don't think because... I'm playing him either. And Falcons are pretty good against boundary wide receivers too. They've been pretty good all year. I'm just thinking I'm just going to leave him this week. DJ Moore and Dave Montgomery were the two that I was like, how did they come back yet? Like Montgomery came over shaking his head, just took like the hardest helmet to helmet while getting tackled and just ran right back in there. I was like, I was like, what happened here? Uh, Douglas for New England. Is that doing anything for anybody as a cheapy? Just sort of throwing names out at this point, but. Yeah. I, I do it's think more, JSN, JSN I think is interesting this week. But again, like what what ceiling do these guys have? I think JSN is pretty interesting, though. That's Demario Douglas. It's I know people keep getting there, but he's just a little possession receiver. Like he has no ceiling. But isn't that Wandell? Like that? I I don't understand Wandell. I think Slayton and Mims are the two guys. You that are prototypical punts because one target could be the salary, right? Like even if they suck, if you tell me that even Mims only is going to have five targets on Sunday, I'd probably still take my chances at 3,400 and just hope one is good. Yeah, <laughs> They're better than Wondell's targets, right? Wondell might yes. get some four passes like or needs, 40 like yards or 35 targets. yards. Yeah. He needs 12 targets basically. And so, you know, the same thing with some of these other guys like Pop Douglas, uh, whatever. Let's start with some good wide receivers. Uh, Tyree Kill, good wide receiver. Yeah, heard of him. I don't know if people are going to play him because of the McCaffrey thing, right? Like, I don't know how how it's good, how roster ship's going to get delineated this week. It's hard to pay for all these guys this week. Um, Who would but, you prioritize in a you know in a vacuum? And obviously, the build is different. It depends on how you feel about you know. The, I think it depends the on which receivers too, because yeah. McCaffrey, obviously, on FanDuel is he's eleven k. Like he's that's a big he, big boy total, big boy price. So you can play like Kyron Williams, I think, and potentially get ninety percent of CMC maybe, and. You know, that's even maybe it even feels almost outlandish to say out loud still, like 90% of CMC. But if Jalen Waddle doesn't play, Tyreek Hill has run 120 routes this season with Jalen Waddle off the field. He's been targeted on 47.5% of those routes. <laughs> on those plays, he averages 5.2 yards per route run. He's 55% of the team air yards. Waddle outright missed week three. Tyreek had. Nine catches for 11 yards, or nine catches on 11 targets, 157 yards. He ran 21 pass routes in that game. Uh, Mike McDaniel has shown, even by evidence of two weeks ago, when Tyreek sat and the Dolphins played the Jets and Jalen Waddle cooked, he can get these guys 
the targets that are requisite no matter what the matchup is. And even though the Ravens have a, a dog defense, like they are some, some beasts, they give up big games to wide receivers. Cooper Cup, 115 and a touchdown. Keenan Allen, 14 catches. Amon Ra, 13 catches. Brandon Ayuk just had 100, a little bit of garbage time induced on that. But there will be some production here uh, for Tyree Killing. If Waddle sits, I mean, he could have a huge game still. I don't think he's going to have the 190 he had in the matchup that, like I said, last year. But, I, man, it's going to be hard if Waddle sits for me not try to, to try to get the Tyree kill. It seems likely he will, by the way, from, from what the, yeah. the news is right now. So nothing guaranteed, nothing certain. Is uh, 2000, John, is that still a thing we're talking about for Tyreek? He's at 1641 currently, uh, 359 yards away, two games left to do it. Uh, a meaningful game in Week 18 versus Buffalo. So, you know, he's going to be out there um, yeah. trying to win games. It's it's possible. Is, is that something that they care about? Maybe. he could. You know what would have really helped him if he caught that 95-yarder last week? He was very, very close. Having a 95-yard touchdown, kind of you know, the easiest catch in the world, but it was. I'm right so ha- I'm so happy we have, even though it's not as wide open as everyone thinks. Like, yes, there's parity. Yes, we're gonna get some sneaky teams finalized in the wild card round, but they're gonna get their asses kicked and knocked out in the first round because there's some really bad teams competing right <laughs> now. But overall, it's still more fun right now than last year because remember this time last season we were having this conversation i believe it was the jaguars against the texans and everyone was like oh they're gonna bench the jaguars like the starters after one quarter of play and they benched them in the third quarter but only because they were leading by three scores like they had already dunked on the texans in the first half got there and then doug peters and benched them for the next week against the titans we don't have that this year fortunately because that talk was so annoying because these teams are still playing out everything. The Eagles still have to win out. They're trying to win the division to send the Cowboys on the road, probably to the Bucks in the first round. The Dolphins are still fighting for the division because if the Bills went out, it's still theirs. Um, there's still a lot to be played here. So, yeah, of course, the Dolphins are competing hard here. Talk tight ends in a second. I, I do want to walk back just for oh, a we second. Got, we got more receivers. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Fire away. <laughs> I say, I mean, uh, well, we didn't make it that. There's a couple other cheap guys still I have, but I want to talk about some good players still first before we, since we just did the gross section. Uh, Nico Collins, for sure. Like, Nico Collins is one of the first guys that popped out this week. Obviously, like Daigle said, that, you know, is Stroud, is there like any type of recoil here? His first came back from a concussion. He's in the two, the two weeks instead of the one week. It's not like a Trevor Lawrence situation. But man, he, a lot of the peripherals here are great because we haven't seen. The game yet? We thought we were going to get it two weeks ago, where after Tank Dell got hurt, then Nico Collins immediately got hurt. The first catch, actually, the first catch of the game he had against the Jets. So we haven't got to see like this run out with Stroud, but uh, with Stroud on the field without Tank Dell available, Nico Collins has been targeted on 29% of his routes. He's got 26% of the team targets, 2.9.3 yards per out run. He's also been just an absolute just cooked at home man only Tyreek Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards at home than Nico Collins this season he leads the NFL at seven touchdowns in Houston uh all top five scoring weeks he's had this season have come at home he also gets a favorable matchup on top of that he's playing 81 percent of the snaps on the outside Tennessee is 31st in receiving yards allowed per game to outside receivers they're also allowing the most receptions per game to outside wide receivers uh also the Titans are 30th in points allowed per game to opposing wide receiver ones so definitely Nico Collins is a guy that uh, stands out as well on the slate. Nico, yeah, he popped to me. The concussion thing is worrisome, but it's a lot like last week where I got off Flacco. Well, one, again, I didn't know everyone was going to play Flacco, but I also <laughs> got off Flacco because I thought, okay, no CJ Stroud on the other side. I did expect Case Keenan to get benched. 
but also the environment of the Browns offense. Like they're going to wing it probably on Thursday night. They're just going to wing it no matter what too. Cause that's what they're, that's their identity now is what they do. So yeah, if Stroud gets there, like if he's even one iota, like we think he's a hundred percent, definitely Nico. It's a good call. Anybody else, any other receivers? I did want to I will, ask. I did, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say ahead. it is a good spot for Puka. Again, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to play him, unfortunately, but um, even when he shared the field with Cooper Cup, he's averaged a 25.6% target share against the Blitz. And as we know, that's what Wink Martindale loves to do at the league's second highest rate. Uh, and again, Tyra being in this game, I have a lot of confidence in the game environment overall. So I'm definitely going to have at least one Rams player. I'm just figuring out how to play it. Yeah, I, dude, it's it's starting to get – this is almost like Metcalf-Lockett type situation, right? Like it's yeah. turned into that. Uh, they only have one wide receiver. They've only been wide receiver ones in the same week once, and they've only had been top 24 wide receivers in the same week three times. It's really frustrating because Stafford is absolutely playing the best ball of the season, and we still can't get both these guys there in the same game. It really has turned into, are, were you on the right Rams wide receiver this week? Yeah. And uh, the old school Russell Wilson, like who are you and, stacking with? And it yeah. does look like Cooper Cup is has gotten healthier the last three. Yeah, weeks he looks as well. good. Yeah, re got re injured a little bit, but now he's been back to rolling. I got two more guys, real quick. Just for I don't know rides. how we're gonna play all these guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, well, it's a, it's a monster slate again. We talked, yeah. we haven't had it. We haven't had a huge slate for a while, so there's a lot of plays. But it, it, real quick, the argument for Rashid Rice is simple. Over the past five games, he got 28. 0.2% of the team targets. Travis Kelsey has 20.3%. The next chief is at 7%. That's really it. It's really it. It's those two guys. The Bengals do mix in a, a good amount of man coverage. Uh, they're 12th in the league. Uh, over that span, Rasheed Rice has been targeted on 41.7% of his routes against man coverage. And if you watch the Bengals last two weeks, they've given up some huge games to some guys like Jordan Addison and George Pickens. And then I got one more chief guy. This one feels point chasey. But the objective layout is there, and it's a game we already touched upon. It's a revenge game, too. Okay. Uh, I'm interested. I know where you're going. DJ, yeah. DJ Shark, man. Uh, oh. He's 30, He's 3,600. He had eight targets last week. Bryce Young played his best game of the season last week. And if there was ever a week that Bryce Young was going to roll this over for Daigle's best ball team, it would be <laughs> against this Jaguars team. I mean, the, the past seven games, the Jaguars, a league-high 70.5% completion rate. 8.4 yards per pass attempt, 31st in the NFL. 6.3% touch rate, that's 30th in the NFL. If Bryson was going to roll this over, it would be potentially this week. And the matchup also signals is more of a signal for a Shark than it would be a guy like Adam Thielen. Because, listen, I don't care what your optimizer says. I'm not playing Jonathan Mingo. I don't care what it says. I'm not playing Jonathan Mingo over in a lineup, not the rest of the season. But Jackson was lying 9.2 yards per target. To outside wide receiver, 6.7% touchdown rate. That's 29. It's a revenge game. Uh, Bryce Young for my team, but also maybe for your team. We just can't confirm. Now, why did Shark have his best game of, of the season last week? What's happening? Like, is anything uh, – why out of nowhere? We saw it. bad, dude. Like, it's a yeah. bad football team. Like, Bryce yeah. Young has barely been able to support one guy being – and he did have a 1,000-yard receiver, but – even Thielen, when they thought like early in the season, everyone was like, oh, Thielen's a, a PPR wider, like a fringe wide receiver one. Like he was ranked like 12 through 15. We talked about it on the show. I was like, this is crazy. Like where he's behind. Yeah. Like, there's a huge signal, like why he had those big games. But like did Bryce Young just has been so bad that no guys could consistently be good. Like ever. Like he'd been that bad. But if he's going to play as good as he did last week 
and he, if he's a shot, then there's there's production has to go somewhere, right? Like it's not going. It's not going to be Tommy Tremble. Like I don't think uh, so. I hope not. Uh, but you know, look, last week Bryce Young entered the week uh, league low completion rate on throws ten yards or further downfield. He had completed just thirty nine percent of those passes. He went eleven for twenty on those throws against the Packers. Uh, eleven. Uh, he was eleven of twenty on those throws uh, last week. Um, but if you can get him close to, if you can just get like 280, right? Like flirt with 280 yards in that range. Like by default, someone had to contribute those to those 280. But when he's only throwing for 200, only one guy like Thielen is having like his six for 74 and getting there. But I mean, it's just been a bad, it, the Panthers are just an all time bad run out. And it's a, this moment, this moment in time is going to be a fulcrum point for David Tepper's whole uh, ownership because, uh, they made the wrong choice. Everything went bad for them. Considering where they were drafted, um, who uh, did the Carolina Panthers draft the worst quarterback and the worst receiver in, in the draft last year? Mingo was a definite reach, man. Mingo objectively was not a dude that – he was. He should have been like a fourth-round pick. Fourth round? Well, I'm yeah. not a draft guy. Like, I don't follow that stuff. I just – he was a late first maybe, early second, maybe late first, something like that. Yeah, he, he was, was he pretty was high. Old. He was old. He never produced. He had some injuries and stuff, but because he had like a good senior bowl showing, like, you know, people felt like he got elevated and boost through that process. But there, I had, my model had him like really like he was not, he was like a, there's a complete reach of a draft pick. So it's not a surprise to you. You, you did not expect to, and certainly he's not officially a bust, right? Theoretically he can break out no. of this and somehow overcome, but it's not looking great. The shares are not looking spectacular. Where sure. he got drafted, though, was it was a significant reach. All right. Uh, tight ends. Let's knock out some tight ends. We got Daigle back with us, letting the dog out. Uh, Daigle, do we, are we just yielding to the optimizer? You guys poo-pooed the optimizer. I already kind of let it out. To, let I'm not know. playing Pat Fryer, Mithin. I don't think I want to either. I don't think I want to either. That's not something I'm not playing. I Mason Rudolph, like they're going to chase this shit and think that. They, it's the same thing. Do you hear the Bengals? Are, the Bengals are awful. I'm not chasing George Pickens. I'm not chasing any of this stuff. Uh, Gerald Everett is legitimately interesting. Back-to-back 25% target shares. The Broncos uh, all year long have just been giving it away to tight ends. Still a league high in fantasy points per game allowed to the position. Um, even Mike Jasicki, I know it was only one catch, but was still out there and scored a touchdown against them despite not playing all year. So, yeah, Gerald Everett's a, a great play. And then we have seen Chigo Conquo still pop up now the last couple of months, honestly, but to still be out there for a 21% target share from Ryan Tannehill. Um, again, if you're just looking for a run back in that game, he's probably the one I have the most confidence in just because although the secondary, we've been talking about their secondary for the last month now, the Texans targeting them, DeAndre Hopkins on this receiver slate still seems too thin, but we can kill our tight end position with Chig instead. Komet's another guy we got to check in as far as health. Uh, I don't believe he came back in the game last week. He started out really strong, and I'm pretty sure he did not come back. Uh, he was injured, and we'll see. We'll check in on both the Chicago guys. the same guys. injury, too, that he was re-aggravated. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, and only one of them's in, right, as far as Moore and Komet, theoretically. The other one would rise as well. Uh, Rich, what do you got as far as uh, – you have any uh, anything you're going to unearth as far as uh, tight ends that we're not seeing? On this slate, uh, it, uh, the only thing I'll note is that if CJ Beathard plays, 
Evan Ingram's been targeted 12 times on 31 routes when CJ Beathard's been in the game. You know, if you go okay. back to that when he that, back to that Bengals game when he came in, he just threw it to Evan Ingram every play. Last week, he just came in and threw it to Evan Ingram every play. Uh, so you know, Evan Ingram will be interesting again for another week. He's actually been on like a low-key little heat or two like the last month. Uh, kind of goes overlooked because of where he's priced. And then I'll, I'll play as Isaiah likely for sure. If I thought he was gonna be the guy you were gonna drop, but uh, in this particular game where the Dolphins have been good over this stretch has been on the outside, you know, playing against wide receivers, but they are still giving up some production to tight end. So Isaiah likely at his price, just for guys that have upside at tight end, at tight end, I would rather punt with these guys that have some, some juice, right? I'm not just looking to try to catch a touchdown. Give me something that, can, that comes with the big play potential. Is four six on DK? Is that a punt? It's kind of in the middle, right? Somewhere in the middle. It's Yeah, that's no, that's That's like where like Komet's been priced all year, right? We, yeah. we really don't get much cheap tight ends anymore unless the backup happens to fall into an every down roll because of the injury to the starter or if you're Tucker Craft. Those are the only guys that really just kind of stay at the minimum price. They Tommy play Sunday night, unfortunately. There's probably yeah. – who's the backup? Who's the new tight end for Minnesota? I don't know who it is. Maybe I'm – Josh Hunt ran more routes than Josh Oliver last week, but they both are blocking guys. They're both blocking guys. Yeah. Uh, Josh Oliver's the one who makes $21 million. So that's you the one just that... play. <laughs> you just play KJ Osborne is because if Addison and Hawkinson are both out, you just got to follow that. Like he's going to be de facto the number two target. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sunday night football. I think it's the last Sunday night football of the season. There you go. No Monday night football this week. No, there's still a Sunday games. night game next week, but they, uh, the schedule is just not set. Week 18 is not set because we, need that's to right. Yeah. I can flex it in. It's got to be Miami Buffalo. I cannot imagine Miami a Buffalo. scenario where they take that game. Someone made up a good point though, but if Miami wins this week, they win the division, right? I don't know. If, if Buffalo, if Miami win, I, if I thought Miami if Buffalo wins, wins, even if Miami wins, it still comes down to Week 18. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think I think Miami can win the division this week as well. Okay. I, 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 someone there. I'm sure there. We need that dude. What is his name? Uh, the guy I mean, at NBC, like the political guy. <laughs> it's doing uh, uh, all the stuff. I can't remember the guy's name. They bring him out. They bring him out now for uh, you know, playoff scenarios as well, too. But uh that is that's it, right? That's the show. We're done. No more tight ends that we want to acknowledge the existence of. Is that correct? No, nope. no more receivers to the 20 we talked about, no more tight ends to the actually we talked about probably more tight ends than we've talked about all year. No more. All right, that is an hour and a half of Week 17 NFL DFS analysis on a Wednesday night. We're now going to pivot. We're going to transition very, very smoothly. Uh, you know, like I, re I referenced in the tweet, the Venn diagram of those that want to hear about NFL DFS Week 17 and a review of the Barbie movie is possibly two circles. We'll see. We'll see how many people actually stick around and listen to both. We're going to bring in producer Rob as well. Uh, Rob usually joins us for our movie segments. Uh, I, I'm, I'm that, here. Oh, go ahead, Ding. Then I wanna then I wanna throw something by you guys. I wanted to, I'm just curious if you had a thought as far as week 17. I know you obviously you're mixing it up in the DFS streets. You're well, in the best ball streets. You wanna brag on your best ball teams, you wanna pout about them, how are they going, how are they doing, how well, well positioned are we? Where we are in the finals of the Mastiff, which was the thousand dollar tournament on underdog. Good. So we're hoping for the Mahomes game that Reeves is talking about and i'm one of five teams that's live for the drafters high roller oh so, nice also need Mahomes on that team so that's what we're doing but 
this actually ties in. I have a new segment for the show just for this week that I would like to introduce. If you guys would just like in time, to. week 17, introduce new segments. Go <laughs> do, you, do you guys want to play? I know the show, yeah, you know, go, go ahead, fill this show out because it never runs long. But <laughs> is everyone in? Everyone, sure, everyone we don't even know what it is, but yes, go ahead, Reeves? yeah. What I mean, sure, man, I've been down. All right, perfect. Reeves agreed. That's all that matters. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you agreed. We want to know. Yeah, that's a setup. That's a setup. For those that are on audio, I did uh, like that someone, did, that someone made that graphic. I'm not checking, though. It's a, it's a, whole, it's a whole purpose here. It's it drives me life. insane. It drives the me way insane of life that you won't check. Two kinds of people in the world, man. Like, <laughs> no, there's, there's the people, and then there's Reeves, really. Yeah, I respect want- it. How do you not want to sweat it out if you're in the, in any of these? I don't, I don't look every week, but around week 13, 14 is when I start looking. Uh, to, to wait until after the championship week is still, you know, Insanity. if it makes you happy, that's okay. But I don't think I could do it. I think I would. I have too many other things to sweat. I got all these, uh, you know, I play in still, you know, league still, you know, made the finals. I went six and four last week. I had one real bad, uh, bad beat where I lost to Graham Barfield. Shout out Graham, great person, but. Off the Graham Barfield in league by one point that I had Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey on Monday night and uh, lost by one point. Purdy obviously didn't play the last two drives and McCaffrey just needed one catch. And if he would have scored the touchdown at the end, would have got it, but only bad beat. But I was in 10 semis, one six. So I still have six to sweat this week, which is enough for me. I I lost the 14 teamer I talked about at the beginning of last week's show for 2,500. Um, and I lost by one point because I had Brock Purdy with a 14-point lead against Lamar Jackson. And all I needed was Purdy not to fall flat. And he Mm. fell as flat as he possibly could. So that was heartbreaking. And then James Coe, the great James Coe, beat me in Edwin Porras' injury invitational. And it's funny because him and I traded mid-year. I gave him a moan raw because it's a two-flex league for Raheem Mostert and Nico Collins. And what happened the last couple of weeks was not only did Nico Collins fall flat because of C.J. Stroud and his own injuries, but then Mostert also got injured this past week as well. So that team, just the wrong time. Well, we're also hoping for a Nico resurgence. This Tegel, week. I am in uh, the, the flex finals. If I win, will you bring your belt back uh, so we can walk around like tag teams? And it's in the straight. background of my home. Yeah, that's the same one. I will absolutely fly to New York in my backpack. Let us know in the comment section what you're sweating or what like knocked you out. What has you still tilting? And by the way, for those that are listening and just the audio version, they're wondering what happened with the game. What happened to the game? I thought we were going to play a game. It, I'm not it playing never, a game. It, it happened. It didn't happen. We're not playing the game. Uh, it was a setup. It wasn't a real game. It was also, a, it was a I ruse. I'm sorry to the audio ruse. listeners. I should have done a voiceover, but I literally put that graphic together while you were talking about 300 wide receivers. So Rich does not wide receiver on this point, and but Rob you can't play because you want to get Christian McCaffrey. In. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you got thirty seconds on the week seventeen slate. Besides anything for your best ball teams, any 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 takes, any stands? Um, I, I mean, like everything rolls through my best ball teams at the moment before I start putting my DFS stuff together. So we're hoping for any 49er other than Ayuk this week. I have CMC on one team. Kittle and Debo on the other. Kyron, I like in DFS as well. He's on one of my teams. He's going to be low owned and a lot of the best ball stuff, which is a lot of fun. So 
Um, I like Kyron all overall though for for the slate in general. Wide receivers. I'm just I'm just so happy that the Detroit Dallas game is Saturday night. We talked about that, yeah. Other I have I, the game. Well, I don't want to play because I don't want I want to rip that band-aid off right away on Saturday night, mm-hmm. right? I don't want that to be the hammer game on Monday night where I'm mm-hmm. sitting in first and something. And then this game goes bonkers, and I feel like I'm getting chased down. So just happy. I feel like Packers Vikings is a very safe way to end week 17. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it feels pretty safe because with, everyone's with no Jaden Reed or Christian Watson. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, no Hawkinson. <laughs> no yeah, Hawkinson. Yeah, because even Jefferson teams probably not many made advanced, right? I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, it was probably difficult. I mean, the main final I'm in is 30 team final, and it was like. Top six out of 12 advanced, then three out of six, then two out of four. So you could have got Jefferson teams through, but it was still difficult to get them, to get them through when he wasn't playing all year, of course. We're going to have a, a movie assigned to us from uh, Rich later on in the show. Let's we talk know, about the movie we know what assigned. movie we're getting. We're excited, aren't we? Kind of sort of <laughs> I do want to give you guys at least a choice when we get there. Uh, <laughs> just because it is week 17 and we are running out of time. but All right. This week's movie from 2023 is Barbie. Uh, the movie info, the movie synopsis, according to Rotten Tomatoes, if you're not aware of Barbie. Uh, to live in Barbie land, land is to be a perfect being in a perfect place unless you have a full-on existential crisis or your Ken. Uh, Rich, you, uh, you've you watched Barbie several times before it was even assigned. You said it's always playing in the background in your house amongst you know, your family. Uh, on, just like I just like does house stuff like with it on. It's like music, basically. Essentially, it's like a, a soundtrack. Uh, John, this is your first time, uh, first time watching Barbie. First time watching it, and it's actually unfortunate. I told you all behind the scenes that uh, girlfriend bought me an "I Am Knuff" rainbow hoodie that he wears <laughs> in the movie for Christmas, but it got backed up on Amazon. Apparently, a lot of people want it. And it did not arrive in time. So on a later show, I will gladly wear it. I'm excited for it, actually. I'm the only one who properly dressed for this movie today. I put my pink shirt on and yeah. threw some pink lights on. Who wants to open it up? Your thoughts as far well, as... Say, uh, first of all, as a precursor, what is this idea that like, we're not... Like, like no one's the idea that like, people like, aren't allowed to like this movie. Well, because like, you're a yeah. man. You're not... Yeah, yeah, it's, all, it's only for women, apparently, I'm told. According to the internet, but... Uh, yeah, Ryan Gosling steals this movie. Definitely steals this movie. Ken is the best character in the week. Ryan Gosling absolutely steals this movie. Yes. It is. Are, are you talking about the overall like outside opinion that we're not allowed to like it? No, just the idea of like, yeah, like uh, this movie is just, you know, it, it it's either just, you know, a, a woke cast movie like made yeah. for the, the times and that people like guys aren't allowed to like this movie or guys talking fantasy football aren't allowed to like this movie. This is a this is a fun movie. If you don't like this, if you don't like this movie, so you're allowed to like whatever you want. But like, this is just a fun, good time movie. It's a genuinely good, good movie. When we were done watching it, I looked over and I said, that movie had no business being that good. Like there's just, yeah. it's like, it's like they were dared to over accomplish something and like they did a great job of it. It was really good. It's an amazing movie. They could have gone through the motions and given you like a cookie cutter. Like this is what I expected a Barbie movie to be. And like, which is why I didn't watch it. Yeah. Like I, you assume that's what it was going to be, but they didn't. And they, nope. they, they made it uh, accessible for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was 
like I, you summed it up great. It was more fun than I anticipated. I, I didn't really know know what to expect going in, but uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm not a song and dance person. A little too much song and dance for me. But what what it was was it was very really well executed. It was good. They did a good job of doing it. And Gosling was spectacular. The whole cast, obviously, it's a loaded cast. Robbie was uh, incredible as well. Um, up and down, like a lot of big uh, A listers or B listers, however you want to phrase it, but uh, pretty loaded. Uh, Rob, jump in here. What's your take as far as Barbie? I know you're wearing, you're rocking the pink. So we also need uh, to, we also need to, not to, Rob can go, but we need to guess uh, critic and fan. I got it. As well. Okay. I got it loaded up. Yeah, I got it loaded up. Well, the director and the writer did not sit down and say, what does Rob want in this movie? For sure. <laughs> that was not their, their general. That's the same person, just to clear, but. Did she write it too? I didn't know that she wrote it and directed. I knew she directed it, obviously. Kerwig and Noah Baumbach. They just got married, but yeah, go ahead, continue. You were saying, but I mean, it's fun. Like it's it's too long. I'll say that it's fifteen minutes too long. I, I have this like, it's because it's mostly a comedy movie. I have a thing with comedy and horror movies where you ninety minutes get me in and out, and that's where it should be for those two genres of movies. There's very few exceptions there, so. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes too long. It juggled one too many pieces with the Mattel executives and the family. I think it needed to Will pick Ferrell. one. It needed to pick one. It's yeah. a, where you have uh, America Frere or the executives. Like when they, when you sandwich most both in, because neither one of those, like America Frere is like a, uh, her arc gets filled, but like the Will Ferrell stuff just feels crammed in. Yeah, yeah, well, and 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 they it doesn't even feel fully filled out because if you're gonna have that executive stuff and she works there, like how is she right. not like she should have been on the board at the end? And I know that would have been slightly cliche, but it's it was the trajectory that you were going with it. You had her create something at the end of the movie, so like if you're gonna put them both in, mesh them together at the end a little bit better, and it just didn't. I don't know. I have I one like legitimate complaint about this movie, like a real complaint. Go ahead, go ahead, go for it. This is the two-hour Chevy commercial, like an absolute <laughs> like they dude. They ram the Chevy yeah. product down your throat. They the revolve one chase scene around one of the the cars, mm. the Chevy Corvette, dude. Like it is a Chevy. Like this is just the two-hour Chevy commercial. It's an as, expensive cast, man. They, they got to pay for these people. The, 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 as those pieces are not cheap. As someone who is a song and dance individual, though, I did mm. love. I thought the Ken scene, the music scene at the end, was fantastic a plus the guy that wrote that that musical number showed it to greta gerwig thinking that she was going to hate it it was kind of more of a joke and she ended up liking it and then and then ryan goslin said that it had to be in the movie um so they they tweaked it a bit but that's how that got established for the for the cast There's a lot of little fun facts in this movie i got a few more ryan gosling have you guys heard why he took the role he wanted right. to get in shape. <laughs> well, he definitely got in shape. He was ripped. Um, he got jacked. No, he uh, he got offered the role by Greta Gerwig, and he was thinking about it. And then he went in his backyard, and his daughter's Ken doll was face down in the mud next to a lemon. <laughs> and he took a picture of it, sent it to Greta Gerwig, and said, I will be your Ken. His story must be told. And that was how he ended up accepting the role. The other fun fact I have is everything in Barbie land is 23% smaller than the real world. And that's why you get like some sort of distorted views to reflect the doll in real life. When you buy her with her accessories are always like not the right size for a person. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So when they went back to uh, Barbie Land and like the men were taking over, you know, she kind of went back. Did anybody else? Is this just me? Did anybody else get Back to the Future two vibes? Like where Biff went back in the DeLorean and like the casino. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Is, did anybody else make that connection? No, like, but like, I, I can see it. Yeah, it's like a totally. It's like this. This immediately, I thought of like you know, I'm a Back to the Future guy. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought of Biff and like with the time machine and going back with Gray Sports Almanac and a completely different universe created. I'm like, I'm like, Ken is Biff. <laughs> That's that was one of my, my in the middle of the movie. I'm like, wow, and he pulled a Biff Tannen. I basically. actually think that was the most genius part of this entire movie because it was I thought bad. everything was real cliche. It was fine, but it was real cliche throughout the movie. And the executives were the quote unquote bad guys and twisting it that even though Will Ferrell was still, you know, this crazy board man, like he still like said that his whole goal was to not make it Ken dolls, make it Barbie dolls, because this is for, this is for girls, not for, not for boys or whatever. And to make Ken the villain was not something I saw coming in this movie. So I, I thought that was a good little twist from them. Mattel making fun of himself was a uh, kind of surprising too. Like, you know, I, I typically, they're not so open. Like this is, I assume Mattel had had some say in the writing to some degree, but they were like, yeah, I guess you can make fun of us. Sure, why not? What was the commercial they, they dropped in the middle that was pretty clever too? You're speaking of clever things, Rob. Jeez, uh, um, depressing Barbie or something like this is out of nowhere. So yeah, the commercial yeah. disappears in the middle of the movie. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, John, what what did uh did you you said you watched it with uh, your girlfriend? Did she like it? Oh yeah, she had already seen it. Like a lot of people, you know. Already dressed in pink, already went to the cafe, already uh, cried in the theater, did all the Barbie stuff. I was the one who just, again, I, I just thought it was going to be cliche Barbie stuff, was not interested whatsoever, but was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. I enjoyed it a lot. It's not a movie that like dunks on men, though. Like it really isn't. Like it's not like a it's not like a dunk on men thing. It really that's not, not what the real. internet told me. So um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, well, you see the inverse, right? Like, because you see right. the inverse in Barbie in Barbie Land, where like the the women are shitting on the men, right? And they they have this reflective moment towards the end where you know this is all kind of it just needs to be you establish who you are and you the content of your character should drive where you are not if you're a man or a woman or all that stuff so like i i thought it was done well i i, I don't think they really dunked on men they they just showed like the inverses and you know it, it was fine it, it seems to walk a fine line you know trying to get that through you know to play both sides but remember when this came out uh that we didn't do the back-to-back the barberheimer i don't know how people did because i don't know how you could watch oppenheimer and see another movie after it like anyways uh because you're talking like six hours of runtime three and a half hours oppenheimer it's yeah really long. but we did see them both the same weekend uh we went back to back days i haven't seen oppenheimer yet i gotta see it it's coming back to imax yeah, in january so yeah yeah uh, make an appointment go to your local imax theater i'm gonna really i'm gonna leave the house as well I miss it the first time around, but definitely it feels like a movie. And uh, Rich confirmed this. This is a movie you want to see in IMAX mm -hmm. or, you know, visually sound. I hear it's spectacular. And I was bummed I missed it the first time. I'm not going to miss it the second time. Let's play the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game or the IMDb game. Let's play both. Uh, let's do IMDb first. This is Rob. a tricky one because I feel like some people might have hated the hate on this movie, too. Um, there's 431,000 people through an IMDb number score. Uh, let's see. Let's start with Rob. What do you got? Uh, one through 10 for Barbie. Mm, the review bomb thing is something that could have <laughs> happened. I'm still going to say that it was an 8.2 though. 
That's a strong number. That's a really strong number in IMDb. Rich? Uh, I'll say high sixes, low sevens. I'll say six, nine. Six, six, six point nine. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> John? I think the fans are going to come in much higher than the critics. So I will go in between. I will say seven, four. The game was already over. Uh, Rich banked it at 6-9. He nailed it. Uh, he wins both showcase shows. <laughs> that feels convenient. <laughs> well, IMDb is tough. Remember, IMDb, like, to get, like, a, to get, like, an 8 or, like, a 9 in IMDb, like, it's it's, it's tough. tough. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, right. It's like Wikipedia. Like, someone's going to correct your shit, like, if it goes off. <laughs> like, someone's going to come in and be like, nah, nah, man. <laughs> Two different scores on Rotten Tomatoes. I want the critics, 489 critics, 10,000 uh, audience members as well. Two separate scores. Uh, Rich, you lead us off. Give us both. Oh, this will be high because, again, this isn't the IMDb factor. It's just thumbs up, thumbs down. So, I mean, this might be uh, critics, 75%, and I'll say in the 80s for audience, uh, 80, 84 for a number. John? Critics, I, I don't know. Uh, audience, I, st- I still think is high 90s, honestly. I want to say like 93%. And, and critics, I guess. <sighs> critics, critics, critics. 80, no. Yeah, 81. Rob. I'm going 82% on both. Ooh, flat, even, flat 82s. The, uh, the audience... 83%, 83% for the audience. The oh, critics, God. 88%. Critics slightly like more, 88% for the critics, 83% for the audience. Widely, uh, at least thumbed up, right? As, uh, as Rich would say, thumb up, thumb down, mostly thumbs up. We got to put a score on it. We got to put a tight end on it, uh, Rich. I'm sure you have a good tight end for us. I'm looking forward to it. Let's save that one. But Rob, what do, what do you give us? You give us a number, you give us a grade. What's your official score? I'm going to give it a 3.5. Because like it's fun, but it's I don't think it's groundbreaking. Like it's it it's it does yeah. what it's supposed to do. It's watchable. It's it's a fun movie. I don't need to go back, but if it's on, I can watch it again. Type of deal. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not like I need to run back and watch it and again. The movie's not made for me. I'm a 75 year old man. Like I don't. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I feel not very similar. Yeah. It 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 outkicked the coverage yeah. better than I anticipated. You know, um, I would watch it again. I don't know if I'm going to seek it out, but if it's on, sure. Um, we I'll didn't. We a, didn't. Sorry, we didn't even point what, out that John Cena was a mermaid in this movie, which was oh, my, yeah. that might have been the. He best was. Part. Yeah, uh, I don't know where John Cena made an appearance. The cast. We didn't kind of go through the cast. Rhea Perlman taught us some good life lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, America Ferrara, you guys shouted out uh, Issa Rae, uh, America Ferrara from Superstore, uh, Michael Sarah, Will Ferrell. Sarah um, has a good cameo in this. Yeah. It's like a, it's not even a cameo. It's a whole role. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it is yeah. not a cameo. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's great. It's got a perfectly casted. Yeah. Hmm. That's what we also like. I feel like I spent most of the movie. That's why I need to watch it again. Uh, looking up these Barbies mid movie. I was like, was that Barbie real? Oh, yeah, it did. It got canceled <laughs> like in 89 and just kept on going back and doing that. I was wondering that too. Like the, the Barbie with the TV on the back. Was that a real Barbie? And there was one where the, the boobs got bigger. Is that, was that a real Barbie? That's that could a, be real, that right? one feels weird. Like that's it, not it real, is real. Right? It is real. And sugar daddy Barbie also is real. Like those are real things. 
How long was what that? Is, what a, what a time to be alive. They were only, they were only, like signed off. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, boobs growing in a button or I don't know how the it worked. The Sh- apparatus. Sugar Daddy but, was uh, actually like only 2013 too. Like it shocked me. It was like barely a decade ago. Wow. That's, that is interesting. I did not know. Yeah, I guess the, I, I assume they might have took some liberties, but I guess those are all real products at some point. Hmm. Um, I meant to Google that too. I'm glad you did. Uh, I was thinking about the same thing. I'm like, that, that can't be real. They're just having fun there in the writer's room. Uh, John, give me a. You, give you me didn't a finish. You didn't finish, Dean. What was your score? Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, uh, I was thinking between like a B and a B plus. Right. Uh, B-ish, B-ish, little about an eighty-five. There you go. We're gonna do it that way too for going back to grade school. <laughs> I have no official scale, but yeah, it was it, it was it exceeded my expectations, which were pretty neutral. I didn't anticipate. I know people liked it, but that was basically it. What do you got, John? I don't think I've given over an eight yet, but I'm definitely going to rewatch this. So I will say 8.1. That's pretty strong. Uh, what did you close give, out? What did you give? Um, Sideways. We weren't doing our grading scales yet. No, but what did uh, you give the one that uh, Bone Tomahawk? <laughs> Ooh, I thought I gave mm. it 7.9, but I need to go back and write these yeah. down. <laughs> Who's, who's got the, the document with all the scores? <laughs> keeping yeah, track of this. There's one listener out there probably is doing it for us. Probably not, but maybe. You never know. It's, it's, uh, just, Vito. it's Vito. He's keeping track of everything. <laughs> I just <laughs> had to review the best Kurt Russell horror movie this week. Vito is not listening right now. <laughs> he's checked out. He's like, no, 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 no. We got our football in. We're out of here. Uh, Rich, you have, you have a tight end that this. Uh, uh, I usually, Martin, Martin I usually have uh, for like a, a ranking stuff for the tight end for the reason of the movie, but I think just appropriate for this, I tried to think of a tight end uh, that was named Ken, and I really could only come up with Ken Dilger. So, Ooh. do you remember Ken Dilger who played a Peyton Manning? Is kind of like the ancillary tight end, but I feel like it's fitting to na- to to give a Ken tight end uh, to this, but it doesn't fit. Uh, but that's just I'm gonna stick with a Ken and Ken Dilger. If you have another, if you have a better tight end named Ken, let me know. Ken, Ken Dilger's best uh, best year of his career looks like his rookie season in 1995. 42 catches, 635 yards, and four touchdowns. He stuck mm-hmm. around for like 10 seasons. That was the most yards he ever had, and the most touchdowns he ever had. Um, there you go, Ken Dilger. The name sounds vaguely familiar, but was he around first of like Dallas Clark or something? Yeah, he was like the second tight end in the, the on those Colts teams. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Ken is a uh, you know. There's not a lot. I of- wanted to. I can't think of a the. A, 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 it's not a name. You get. We don't get a lot of Kens anymore. Kenny Stabler. Uh, I don't do. I have not done Ken Power rankings. Uh, Kenny Powers. I guess that's a <laughs> not a real person, but uh, he was spectacular nonetheless. Um, but that's it. Uh, oh, we got to think of a. Uh, well, I guess we know it's kind of. I think I'm asking at this point, but. Rich, what a you! Congratulations, you almost took it down. You almost banked it, and you were asking, which is a good question. If you bank it, should you sign? You get like the reward of two movies. I don't. We have never discussed ah, that. I was just joking, but uh, we got to bank it first. We got to get there first. Yeah, I didn't and hold down. I didn't do it, and I would have split with someone anyway, so it didn't even count. It wouldn't have counted. But yeah, well, he, he I was doing least... you though. You weren't duping him. It's week seventeen now, and I know we're running out of time. And Rob did pose a good idea after the show last time. If you guys did want to watch. The Kurt Warner movie because it is kind of topical. <laughs> None of us have seen it, Good and idea. like you know, it would be something that I think more of the audience would engage with with us than us talking about Barbie for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> but uh, again, Paddington Two 
literally the highest rated movie i think in history for a reason and dean is uh always about like them reviews so i mean i'll put it on the table i will say i'm willing to do the kurt warner movie though because it is kind of topical and it'll probably have, have a more fun conversation American uh, and we're gonna watch it ironically. We're we're gonna watch American Underdog. Is that is that or I, I don't know how we're gonna watch it, but it's probably gonna just have to be ironic. Yeah, I was just picking her to torture you guys. Like that's who <laughs> I am as a person. Well, it might it might be good content. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Those are always the best reviews. Reviewing um, movies you like if that everyone likes is never the best. No, never never fun. On our other show, when we when we either all hate the movie or when at least one person hates the movie, is always the best yeah it's unfortunate nobody's really hating movies that much uh you know we, we, we've been holding back you guys aren't picking the right movies that's why i just uh i put up the cat still american underdog and it says like zach levy and i pack one dennis quaid oj simpson's in this <laughs> it's gotta be no like found way. footage or something no he way can't be in this. No i'm way. just telling you real <laughs> it's a picture of oj simpson it sounds like Adam it's contending Baldwin. Remember when um, the juice got on Twitter and was like when he first got on Twitter for like trying to drop like a, like fantasy football takes? Do you remember that? Who did he draft number? He drafted yeah. a quarterback number one. Uh, he Luck. Andrew Luck was his first pick, and he like retired a day later. He's like, yeah. I, can't, I can't deal with that. Perfect. <laughs> what what's his sign off? What's OJ's sign off? Like I'm just saying. Yeah, that, that's that's his big close. I'll give you guys hey. a choice. I want. I do want to make you guys watch Paddington too because it's just a, an absolute fucking joy. But uh, falling Barbie might be will ruin the audience. Like no one maybe will listen to the show again if we do it. But uh, if you guys know you and Kurt Warner underdog story, so we can have some laughs. So I'm uh, definitely drinking we... during this movie. I'm definitely <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> definitely drinking okay. during this movie. Maybe doing oh, some drugs. Too. Still, still not confirmed. It's a movie. We ha- I just don't believe it's real. It's a trailer. Yes. Like, Nothing else will watch the trailer. Like a skit. Nobody the trailer, has seen movie. the trailer. Looks like. Has anyone seen this movie? Nobody. Nobody in the chat seen this movie. This is no no one has seen this movie. It's not why we have to watch it. Unprompted, a friend of mine told me they saw this movie and they liked this movie. So I won't I won't call them out. <laughs> but like, there OJ Simpson, there's a picture Maybe of OJ Simpson. And then there's I'm gonna, I'm OJ... gonna go in with an open mind. I just don't believe it's a real movie. <laughs> OJ Keith Simpson plays Marshall Falk, and like I think they're confused and they think that it's actually OJ Simpson, but it says OJ Key Simpson. There's no picture. It's not there's a picture of OJ Simpson. It's not Orenthal. It's a different OJ Simpson. But that's I'm telling tough. you, there's a picture of OJ Simpson. <laughs> tough for that guy. That's a tough look for the other OJ Simpson. Like, yeah. <laughs> so for Chad, it's called American Underdog, the Kurt Warner something story mm-hmm. or whatever. There's nobody see we we live in a world where all of us follow football and, and like whatever. Sports movies are a, a, a genre that I think's not good, anyways. Right. But this no one's seen this movie. Nobody's. I, you know, I I do want to watch Padding Two, but I think we're going down a road where we need to watch this movie. We need to find this movie to confirm it exists and then watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I I, I agree. By the way, I'm I'm going to let that take slide because the pod's running long. But like, there's not there's a lot of good sports movies. Uh, Rich, that, that's a weird take. I don't know. I don't there's know. There's not I, a lot of good sports I'd movies. I'd say there's more bad sports movies there's than there more are. bad. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's more bad yes. in any genre. There's more bad horror movies than there's good sure, horror movies. But you can do that for anything. That's not Rob would probably a, disagree. Of course that's true. Bad. Rob, there's so many bad. The thing, the problem with that theory is that the, some horror movies are so bad they, they flip and they become good. That's that, that's, that's the, the that's why they're the best. Okay, the dramas. I could say there's more bad dramas than there is good dramas. How about that? Does that work? What was the last good sports movie you saw, Dean? 
Well, I'll tell you, the Iron Claw is getting incredible reviews, and I'm very oh, much okay. looking forward I, to that. I, I have heard good things about that. Yeah, I've not seen that, but that looks spectacular, and it's a terrible story if you know the real life story of yeah, uh, the Von Erichs. Uh, bring bring the Kleenex, but that's supposedly really good. One of my favorite sports movies of all time. Uh, well, it's the wrestler. Oh, the wrestlers are incredible. I don't know why it's on the wrestling theme, but the wrestler is incredible. That's See, incredible. those movies are fine, but like it's the the the, the sports, like the the cookie cutter sports movie, man. Like, sure, just so Mister Three Thousand is like there's that just so many of of them. Well. <laughs> The, Rookie the, of the Year, I still stand by as like one of the worst <laughs> movies that ever exists. And people love that fucking movie. That movie's so dumb. It's so stupid. I thought it was stupid when I was a kid. It's just a dumb movie. Little Big League is objectively way better than that Ooh. movie. Rookie Sandlot of the year was overrated. Is, I'll say that. Rookie of the Year was trash. What a trash movie. Most, most sports movies end up being We Are Marshall, and it's like, this is not good. Well, well, that was when that, that whole time frame was Remember the Titans came out. Yes. And then there was like... 45 yeah. sports movies from every that was like it was like coach carter we are marshall like everyone just wanted to do a remember yeah. the titans version of every sport type of deal dodgeball is a great sports movie moneyball is a great sports movie dodgeball is not a sports movie it's not not a sports movie <laughs> every, everyone should actually read friday night lights the book by buzz bissinger because it's an amazing book incredible mm. novel mm. The Creeds are pretty good. If you guys seen the Creed, uh, the Creed movies, those are pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah, like Rocky, Rocky's terrible. Rocky is objective. Rocky's overrated. I, the first oh, Rocky's not overrated. Is like, Rocky's terrible. You guys are. Bad. That's wrong. This is <laughs> a, this is a bad. Take. We're saying the first Rocky's bad. The first yeah, Rocky's great. amazing. It is terrible. It's yeah, I'm not oh, I'm I'm God. I would jot on this Very one. Bad. Yeah, Rocky Five. Good. Rocky Five is bad. Rocky Five is one of the worst movies of all. Four is legit with Drago. That's a legit one. Rocky one. Five is bad, but no, Rocky, Rocky One's really good. I yes, don't know Rocky One's really is. good. Rocky Two is really good too. Rocky Two's good, but it's it's too drawn out. Rocky Three's fun. Rocky Four is fun. Rocky Five sucks. Yes, that'd be and and Rocky Six never happened. <laughs> yes, is he uh, Antonio Tarver in it? Is it is Antonio yeah. Tarver the duty fight? Mason yes. Dixon was his Tommy last. Tommy the Machine day. Gun. Remember Tommy the Machine Gun? That's Rocky Five. That's Tommy five. Wilson. It's not yeah. even a fight. They but they fight in the street. Like, yeah. Really like, <laughs> yeah. Well, Rocky's like ninety. What do you want from the guy? <laughs> I mean, he's right. he, he's shooting three. Uh, what is it called? Fair enough. I, I I will retract my sports movie comment. Yeah. Um, maybe they haven't been a, a lot of really good ones in the last ten years. Maybe that, that's a, yeah. that's probably a better take. Twenty. I think. Tried twenty years. Uh, I mean, I could come up with some. Moneyball is like last fifteen years, right? When well, we're gonna we're I gonna discount that as like a sports movie, though. Yeah, we're gonna disprove this theory when we watch and perhaps find <laughs> American Underdog. <laughs> we're gonna watch it as unironically as possible. We found the next the great Paris sports movie of the last two decades. Yeah. If we don't Let's... find the movie, though, we have to film it ourselves. <laughs> I'm still not yeah. convinced it's real. You ever see that movie Be Kind, Rewind with Jack Black? And yes. that, that's the premise of the movie? Where they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to, yeah. It's, I, I saw it the other day and it's, it felt archaic because, you know, remember back in the day you used to go to Blockbuster? Remember that was a thing? But uh, yeah, they had an interesting take on that. Uh, worth checking out, I suppose. But uh, okay, we're, we're done. It's two hours. Tell the people where they can find you. Rob, you go first. Well, it, I mean, it's week 17. If you are playing best ball and you're not in the Spike Week Discord, Come jump in the Spike Week Discord where all the normal people that aren't 
freaking insane like rich are sweating <laughs> out their best ball teams sharing their lineups and just um getting excited for the finals john we are coming to the end of the year week 17 fantasy championship year uh week good luck not jay diggle on twitter and i will have a little announcement actually on twitter tomorrow morning if you want to check that out oh okay what a tease, what a tease. What i'll a make tease. sure to check it out tease. for sure rich uh, sharp purple analysis, uh, doing the same stuff. It's week 17, you know, trail those Joe Flacco stacks, enjoy a couple weeks more of full slate NFL because playoff uh, DFS isn't the same. For Rob, for Rich, for producer Steve, for John, for John, uh, oh, for, for Ken Dilger, shout out to Ken Dilger, for mm-hmm. Barbie, uh, for Anquan Baldwin, uh, win mm-hmm. something this week, uh, championship week. What do you got for Ken? For Ken, for Ken, I don't want to leave Ken out. Yes, I don't want to. Yeah, for sure. For for Bet, for Barbie, and for Ken, for Roto Grinders, I was Dean. Go win something this week. Good luck, Week Seventeen. We'll be back for the information slate next week, talking Week Eighteen. We're out of here. Holler.